0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Big football game Friday night. The Utes and the Pac-12 title game for the third time in four years. Nick Ford, offensive lineman for the Utes, joins us every week here on The Zone Sports Network talking title game with Nick. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, it's a lot of work to get back to this point, but you have done it you are in game week for the Pac-12 championship game for the third time in four years. Can you put into words for all the fans out there how much work it is when you got to start over, go back to square one, and try to get back to this point again?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a lot of work. You go, you know, you start all the way right after bowl prep and you hit winter conditioning and you know you have your long days, you're waking up at five in the morning getting home at eleven o'clock, and that's pretty much your schedule most of the time until you know season hits and then season's about like a six thirty to eleven ten o'clock schedule and you know it is it is long and rough for sure um and uh going into this season, I think this was probably like the longest road to get to this uh point to where we are right now in terms of uh physically and mentally.
2: It's interesting that you get Oregon and you just pulverized them two weeks ago. We all know about that. I think it was the greatest conference win that the Utes have had since they've been in the Pac-12. And now you get them two weeks later on a neutral field. Uh, What are your thoughts about Oregon being maybe like a wounded animal? Because obviously you guys just embarrassed them. Not only just beat them, but embarrassed them. So what does that mean as far as... What's going to happen this week?
1: Um, I mean, that doesn't mean anything if we don't go out there and do it again. Um, Our main focus right now is, you know, just keep the even keel and continue to do what we've been doing. Because if you begin to, you know, uh, think too much and get too tense and get too stressed, uh, that's as bad as being too relaxed and not worrying at all. So um, we got to, you know, make sure that we understand that, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, because that's really what it was. A couple of days ago it was a couple of days ago. And uh, this Friday is a new game, and we need to attack that game the same exact way that we did last time. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean nothing if we can't go out and do it again.
0: You know, after that Oregon win in the post game, Britton Covey brought up, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically said, We made them mad. They're going to be angry. They were going to bring it in that game in a way uh, that we had better be prepared for because they aren't going to be the same team they were out there tonight. And I wondered, how much was that, Britain just figuring that stuff out and looking ahead, and how much the coaches addressed that with you after the game?
1: Um, that was more Britain looking ahead, because coaches really focus on, you know, whatever, whatever we have next for sure. But, um, I mean, everyone understands that, you know, um, there is a good possibility of that, um, you know, people have a lot of opinions, and um, there's a lot of competitors on that team, and a true competitor is going to be really pissed off. They're going to be pissed off for greatness, and it's going to um, you know, make it into a way more fun game.
2: I think it's cool that you play these guys because it's clear you guys are the two best Pac-12 teams. They're ranked tenth, and uh, you're ranked 14th. So, an opportunity to beat them again, you know, move up in the Rose Bowl, and, and you'll obviously you'll play a highly ranked uh, Big uh, Ten team if you win. Whoever wins will, um, to me, from a fan perspective. That's what I want for the U of U to get the most exposure, the best possible outcomes possible. As I look at that, I think this is what it is. How do
1: you view it? Um I I mean, I view it exactly how the coach has been viewing it. You know, going into this week being one and Um, that's that's my main focus. That's our main focus. Um we understand that you know there's a good amount of exposure, and there's a lot of great things that can come with you know the possibility of winning this week and you know a New York six Rose Bowl um but if if we look forward to the possibilities and the if or but you know you don't you don't accomplish what's set out right in front of you. so I mean, um, you know we understand what um can happen in the long run and what it could um be interpreted like, but uh we need to for sure continue to stay, you know, on our track that we've been doing.
0: Nick Ford, Ute Offensive lineman joining us. What, if anything, do you learn and do you take from the two previous Pac-12 title games you've been in? This will be the third and four years, so there are going to be some guys in this roster you know, familiar with this game in this moment. What do you take from those two previous trips?
1: Um... A couple, a couple things, and I think the main thing is what I've been harping on right now and, you know, that we're getting the team, especially the young cats, to understand that, uh, you know, if, if there's not going to be anyone too relaxed. I guarantee that. There's no one on this team that's going to be too relaxed. Um, the worst thing that would happen is people being too tense because that's, uh, you know, that's as bad as being too relaxed. So, I mean, um, you know, just getting everyone to understand that, you know, this is a big game, but don't, you know, big players make big plays on big stages. And um, we need to understand that and keep everyone at even keel and continue to push forward the way we've been doing. Because if we do that and we attack the week exactly how we attacked the week last time and we attack the game, we attack everything in the exact same fashion, we'll be okay. But, you know, if we start getting too tense, then it's not going to fare well. So we need to make sure, you know, we just continue to be ourselves and do everything we've been doing.
2: As I checked out the Oregon-Oregon State game the other night and knowing that uh, Oregon needed to win, I think the most impressed that I was with the Ducks is their defense because Oregon State has been known to run the ball very, very well this whole entire season. And Oregon really bottled up the Beavers' running attack. I don't know if you watched it uh, and can speak to it, but I'm wondering uh, if you did, did they do anything different and how much more... Difficult, do you think that this game would be for the Utes to run the ball against Oregon because their run defense on Saturday sure looked really good?
1: Uh, I mean, their their run defense has been amazing all year. You look at the stats. Um, you know, we got, like I said, we played them a couple of weeks ago, and you know they're an incredible run defense. They're a, a talented defense. Um, they uh, had we watched film, and they've had a slight variation. That's very slight. And, um, you know, we're just going to go out there and do exactly what we did last time. And, you know, we got to understand that we dictate the tempo. And, you know, if we continue to go and do what we're do- doing, then we don't, we don't really have much to worry about because, but like I said a couple weeks ago, if you look at their overall stats, they're one of the best-run defenses in the country. And I'm sure they still are to this day. Um, and I think the main thing is just going out there and, understanding that even though we see everything on film from our game and we see everything from Oregon State game that we're going to go out there and they're going to have adjustments made Um, maybe they uh, are going to do things that they didn't do in Oregon State game because they're saving it for us maybe they're going to do this maybe they're going to do that and uh, we're going to have to go out there and adjust and you know the faster we adjust and go we're going to start getting points on the board And the slower we adjust it's going to be the exact opposite so I think the main thing is going out there um, and doing what we've been doing and uh, continuing to play our style of football to, you know, produce the points we've been producing.
0: How's Bam feeling? It looked like he uh, the one thing he didn't want was injuries in that game, and he, he left, but he did come back to the game, so how's he
1: doing? That boy's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's a fool. Now that boy's fine.
2: Yeah, I, I would think that uh, as far as health goes, it seems like you guys are in a pretty good position. So, you know, they've had you've had a couple injuries along the way, but nothing that looks like would getting the what. Nothing new, I should say, should get in the way of this game, right?
1: Yeah, de- definitely not. And you know, if if and you know things were to happen, or um, even if things were happening in the game, I think the mentality of this team is that. Uh, I think, in all honesty, that people would sacrifice the, their bodies to, you know, come out with our ultimate goal because you know it's been a very long road uh, mentally and physically, and uh, you know everyone's going to do everything they can until they drop to go out and do what we need to do.
0: So, with the Oregon players, uh, was there any uh, either during the game or after the game any talk about rematch next time? Maybe you're walking off the field, see you in two weeks, any of that stuff or no?
1: Oh no, for sure. No, I got a, I got a couple friends over there, and you know, I was talking to them. I'm like, I, I'm seeing a, a couple of weeks. Said, yeah, I'm seeing, <laughs> and then uh, you know, just texting them and you know, just being you know, casual and stuff. Because like I said, you know, football is an amazing sport. Um, ultimate, one of the most ultimate competitive sports in the world, and um, you know, it still, you still have those friendships. And um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of, there was a lot of talk. I mean. We got brothers on each other's team. we got people who grew up with each other. We got people uh who went to the same school who went to rival schools um we they, I mean they got some salt Lake boys and you know Utah boys so um there's a lot of people who have mutual connections and uh you know we all kind of figured it would happen and you know we all have chit chatted before and um yeah, for sure, I mean, I even was talking about it to a couple of the cats
2: so you've been coy about what your future plans are. Uh, But that could have been your last game in Rice-Eccles. Was there any extra sense of emotions?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, having my family be there and everything. um, They came out, Paul Tawala and his wife. uh, I consider them family. They're really close to me. Um, You know, they printed out a a big picture of my brother who passed away. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it was a... A tad bit of an emotional game, but uh, you know, I kinda have a have a switch in my head. Um, so you know, um walking out the tunnel, it was slightly emotional. Uh, but you know, as soon as that was over, it I mean that was over, it's time to go out and play.
0: You know, you've been at the U a long time now and Kyle Whittingham has spoken of you probably two, at least two times in the last month at his press conferences, maybe more. Uh, And he he clearly holds you in high regard and likes the way you you work and the way you carry yourself and the way you're a leader on the team. And I'm just curious if you have heard so much from Kyle over the years. At any point, could you stand up when he's ready to address the team and tell him, never mind, Kyle, I got this. I know what you're going to say. I mean, as the words come out of his mouth, you literally know, I know he's going to say this.
1: Yeah, I mean – you know you, coach wits uh you know he's an amazing guy he has a very specific style of coaching and that's what it's been for years and the longer you hear you start to understand that and uh you understand what he's gonna say when he's gonna say it how he's gonna say it um I would never dare interrupt him you know that's rude um but you know we've grown uh very close to each other um he doesn't uh i don't I don't really listen into uh the press conferences and stuff like that um I'm sure you know he may say this that uh every every now and again um but you know my relationship with him is really nice uh and it's the same with all the coaches, and that's what I think makes this program special is because they're they're a coach, but at the same time they're a father figure and friend um they're going to be your coach and be that father figure and, you know, be stern when they need to. But at the same time, they'll joke the next minute and, you know, be friendly to the next minute and, you know, chit chat, whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, you kind of get a feel for people's personalities, what they're going to say. It's like, you know, having a friend that's uh, really responsible and, you know, takes takes, you know, great care in you and um that's exactly who Coach Wood is. He's gonna be stern and make sure you do right, but he's also gonna be really friendly and, you know, make sure you're taken care of and happy.
2: Vegas only four hours away from where you grew up, do you expect some family, maybe friends to be at this ball game?
1: Oh hundred percent. They're already talking about driving out. <laughs> already buying tickets and everything and ask me if I can get some more.
2: What how many do you get access to, if any?
1: Uh I believe six.
0: And how many do you think you'll need? How many friends and family you will, ha- will you have there?
1: Oh, only God knows, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Right now it's about, like, I think about, like, 15.
2: As you go into this game, and it's going to be an electric atmosphere, right, because the Rose Bowl on the, is on the line, so that's obvious, how do you uh, balance between getting emotionally ready and at a fever pitch – but not going overboard
1: with that? Um, it's a lot of experience. You know, that's why we talk to our young cats and uh, make sure they know what to do. Um, uh, we're, you know, we're going to go out to Vegas. We're going to go down into the stadium prior to playing the game uh, the day before. So nobody on the team is starstruck to be in uh, the new Raiders stadium. Then, you know, we're going to go back to the hotel and, you know, just have our normal, normal quote-unquote Friday of football where we all hang out this is on third that's why i said quote unquote we all hang out you know watch a movie go eat you know just have a good time be around each other and you know cherish the moment and um you know go out there game day go out warm up do everything and um you know just talk to everyone get everyone hyped up and not to get too tense and like i like i said that's been the main thing and i think that's even going to be said on that game day is you know Letting everyone understand, yes, we're on a big stage. Yes, it's a big game. Yes, there's a lot of things at stake. But, you know, we need to go out there and do exactly what we did a couple weeks ago and exactly what we've been doing for the past couple many weeks and you know as long as we continue to harp that and that's mainly throughout the week i think we're gonna win that battle throughout the week is attacking every single day like we've been doing and if you know if we do that i don't think the emotions are going to get too high i don't think people are going to be too tense but if we change how we have been preparing and up into the game then i think it will um affect us and uh we've done a pretty good job so far and everyone's uh you know in a good mood they understand everything just like a couple weeks ago they understand everything on the line but at the same time you know we're just preparing the way we've been preparing
0: you guys have played in classic old stadiums like the rose bowl and the uh, la memorial coliseum and you play in the new 49er stadium really is the new raider stadium going to blow anybody away is that really a, a potential issue
1: uh possibly that's that's why we're going down there uh the night before to walk around, see everything, probably go in the locker room, go out in the field, um, stuff like that. Um, you know, because it is, it is pretty cool. You can't lie. Um, and, uh, you know, I think getting that out of our system, um, you know, having a space to where you can, you know, let those emotions run out and be kind of starstruck or pretty good, especially for some of the younger guys, but I know for some of the older guys, we, we kind of understand, you know, what we're going there for. And, uh, You know, we have time to, you know, be starstruck or look around and be excited afterwards. But we for sure, you know, going the day before, it's going to help out a lot of the young guys. You know, understand that. Oh, look, this is a stadium just like every other stadium. You know, there's 120 yards, including the end zone of football field. And, you know, there's no difference in that versus Rice cycles or, you know, wherever we may be.
2: Well, we want to cover the game January 1st, so we need you to win. So can, can you take care of that for us? Hey,
1: man, we're going to continue doing what we've been doing.
0: <laughs> well,
1: Nick, we appreciate
0: a few minutes as always, and we will uh, talk to you next Monday. And, and, you know, if things go right, I'll be able to introduce you as the first Pac-12 champion in school history. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you, Nick. Take care. There is Nick Ford. When we come back, we'll talk Aggies because they're in the Mountain West Conference title game Saturday afternoon against San Diego State. Blake Anderson, Aggie head coach, coming up next. It's time right now to welcome in Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, were you happier with the way your team played in New Mexico or the scores that you were getting fed to you as the updates came in from the San Diego State-Boise State game?
3: Well, I didn't I didn't get any scores until uh, after halftime. I was uh... I gave instructions. I didn't want to know. Um, just wanted to see how our guys would handle things. We we you know we obviously knew we were favored in the in the matchup and, and should be able to take care of business if we don't go down there and just do silly things. And I, w- I was really pleased. We we came out and uh, and, and were able to uh, hit the hit the big play offensively against a defense that's really kind of strange to prepare for. And defensively we did what we were supposed to do we, we played assignment ball didn't give up anything uh crazy you know we kind of we, we knew they were they were struggling to to put an offense on the field that that could uh, move the ball you know really kind of consistently we were really worried about the trick play the, the kind of big um, you know out of gap out of assignment type play and, and we avoided all that and, and so I was pleased with how we played in the first half uh, didn't find out about the score till halftime it was good to Good to know at that point that it was at least in question, and um, didn't get the final score till right before the fourth, half, fourth quarter.
2: So you had an hour between the, uh, start times between their game and your game, and you had zero temptation to sneak a look at your
3: phone. Huh? Oh, I had lots of temptation, but I didn't have the phone in my pocket, and I told the guys on the staff that were you know that weren't really involved in calling the game that I, I just I didn't want to know. I wanted to concentrate on the first half, and and we'd worry about it. You know, we'd worry about it later. And really, nothing we could do about it anyway. Right. Just wanted to make sure we took care of our business, and with them being triple option, always makes you nervous. And their defense has made everybody's life miserable for quite a while. Rocky does a great job, so I just wanted to focus on us playing the best ball we could, and I was pleased with with how the first half went. So sure. Um, didn't really even even you know give myself uh, an opportunity to ask until right before the fourth quarter. So because I knew time wise that yeah. we should have some idea, and yeah, yeah. Um, I, it was it was possible for me to get the score right before the fourth quarter, so I could bring the group up and just tell them to be really smart about how they handled the fourth quarter. Look, San Diego State won. We've got another game to play if we don't do anything stupid. You didn't big. want anybody to you know to get a personal foul or. Or do something really oh, yeah, down yeah, the yeah, stretch. Yeah. So uh, that was really the only time we talked about it.
2: Well, how about, though, you got like 75 to 100 people. How'd you keep them? How'd that work? Because you could have, and I, and I can get you, because you're the face of the program and you're intense on what's in front of you, but there's a lot of stuff going on to the sides of you and behind you. Did you do stuff to make sure that everybody didn't know, including your kids?
3: Well, uh, the way they reacted when I told them before the fourth quarter would tell me that nobody had leaked the information to them yet. I mean, it was almost, it was almost bang bang. I mean, when the when the third quarter whistle went dead, um, yeah, you know, we typically bring everybody up right then anyway. And a lot of times I don't step on the huddle, sometimes I do, but it, it almost worked perfectly. I mean, literally the the San Diego State Boys game had just gone to zeros as we were transitioning to the fourth quarter. I don't know that any of them had heard. They didn't react as if they had heard when I told them, look, San Diego State won. We got 15 minutes to play. Uh, just the energy in the group and the response tells me that that they they obviously didn't know. Now, there are they're bound to be people on the sideline. Trainers, you know, uh, DFO staff, personnel staff, That probably the AD. I mean, I know John and my wife were watching the game intently <laughs> the whole time over on the sideline. So there's – I just don't think it had trickled through to our players yet. And it, it almost landed where it had happened so quickly from the time the game was over to the time I got a chance to say something. So I really don't think they do anything.
0: Well, that would have been, uh, it would have been weird if at the start of the game or early in the game you had found out Boise State was up 16-3 to and was dominating. That could have cast a pall over things and the energy level guys play with. I'm a little surprised the Lobos just didn't put it on the scoreboard.
3: Uh, yeah me too to be honest and, and honestly in most most places that you play they're they're kind of scrolling yeah you know so I, I I didn't see it anywhere uh it never popped up and so I, it worked out in our favor I just talked all week about controlling what we can control go play the best game we can try to you know kind of get the taste of our mouth of, of the game we played against Juan, we didn't play well and frustrated about that so I, I feel like the kids handle it handle it uh, as, as good as you Yes, you could.
2: So, is it a situation of good news you get to play San Diego State, but bad news you have to play San Diego State?
3: (laughs) Yeah, they're a good football team and catching them on the road. Yeah, you know, we'll take the challenge. We'll take the challenge. I think um, what we do offensively, you know, can create some problems for them. The one game they lost, Fresno, kind of spreads you out a little bit. And and so, there's some similarities there. Um, I think we've learned some things about us defensively, and hopefully, we'll approach. Uh, you know this game in a way that gives us the best chance to be successful. But I mean, we don't have to be better than them every day of the week. We just got to be better on Saturday at noon, and uh, we'll, we'll prepare that way to 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 you know really go in with a game plan that minimizes the the uh, mismatches that we're going to see. There are going to be some, and really plays to our strengths, and it's it's helped us win some games this season that honestly on paper we weren't supposed to win. So why not another one?
0: So, San Diego State changed quarterbacks in the middle of the game. That was part of the spark. Also, the early start maybe was part of it, too. But uh, do you prepare for both quarterbacks in that case? Brookshire's played in five games now, although that's the first game he's played in in more than a month.
3: Yeah, I think we kind of have to. We we don't really know what to expect. We've seen both be effective. And, I mean, you don't win 11 games with two different quarterbacks playing unless they both bring some value to things. So, I think we have to have the approach that we could see either or both kind of similar to what we, we dealt with going into San Jose. Um, it, it, it presents some issues for us, obviously, because they don't, they don't play exactly the same style of ball, but I think we're pretty, pretty, um, I don't know. They don't, this guy's all, they, you know what they want to do. They want to run the ball at you and play great defense and control the, control the clock and, and find out how physical you can play. So regardless which one up is out there, that's going to be the challenge defensively. We got to we got to find a way to own the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't think there'd be any surprises because you look at Hoke. he was a Big Ten guy. He coached under Long. He coached with Long. He succeeded Long, and it's it's basically you know what they're all about. The thing that I'm a little concerned with for you guys is you've spoken uh, in, in a sense of that you need to get bigger and that type of thing, and. Uh, t- t- this San Diego State team, to an extent, reminds me of a, like a BYU team in terms of their size and their strength and all that type of stuff. How much does that concern you? Because you've been up front saying that's an area that you need to address.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely a concern. It, it, you know, we're going to have to try to use speed and quickness. We're going to have to be really smart with our personnel packages to try to match their size. They're one of the biggest teams in the league. You know, he's built that team that way on purpose. and doesn't have to go too far from home to find the guys to do it uh you know there's been a, at times this year we've been a little bit more effective at it than others and been able to disguise a little bit of that so but we're gonna have to hold point some way somehow we're gonna have to hold point and we can do that with adding extra bodies we can do that with movement we can do that with some sub-personnel packages so i, I think we're going to attack the problem every way we can and then hopefully offensively we can make them really uncomfortable and Create a tempo that's uncomfortable for them, and, and in some games, as we've seen earlier in the year, you know, maybe change the tempo of the game and make it a little bit more of our style of game than, than theirs. And that would be, you know, that would be huge for us if we can get that kind of game going.
0: Do you think that they will even try to run the ball outside the numbers that much, or are they really just going to run it right at you and stay inside the tackles?
3: You know, they like outside zone. I don't think they'll get too far away from what they do. Uh, outside zone, power, inside zone. Those things are are going to stop them. At, at, we you know, we did a great job against Colorado State. We did a terrible job against Wyoming. So there's some similarities. Uh, you know, we at times we, we did a good job against Boise and BYU, and at times they just I mean right through us. So it's going to be uh, all the things we've learned through the season, figuring out what's our best answers against this particular group. Cause I don't think they'll change personality. They're good at what they do. It's got them 11 and one. I, I think they stay within their personality. And we're going to have to find a way to defend it. and so I would expect outside zone power inside zone and, and you know then athletic quarterbacks that, that, that clearly can move the chain.'s one of the best punters in the country that's going to flip the field, and I mean, we're going to have to play our best ball to, to find a way to win
2: Any concern about a happy to be here mentality:
3: I uh, sure hope not. First conversation we had, man, is it, it's not enough just to get there, man, you get this opportunity maybe once a lifetime. Uh, some of these guys are almost done with their career you need to you need to squeeze every ounce of juice out of it you can let's go let's go find a way to win. I like the the way they approached it coming out of the locker room the body language and the you know just the way they responded to me was good uh We'll hit it again you know every day this week and I've been in this situation before uh and and each team kind of handles it differently. Uh, hopefully this group will go there hungry and and excited about the opportunity and, and and really challenged to try to find a way to win it, not, not just happy to take the trip.
0: Are there going to be some Aggie fans happy to uh, pick up 20 to 30 degrees in the weather, maybe go to the beach and uh, follow you guys down there?
3: <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Now, it's supposed to be pretty here in town all week, so we've been pretty fortunate. But, yeah, I think there's a, there'll be some trips to L.A. people excited about being out there and seeing the sunshine on the beach.
2: Recruiting is open now. I think you can make uh, visits and all that stuff. How are you balancing that this week?
3: Well, you know, obviously having to use Zoom and phone and FaceTime, to let guys know, hey, we'd love to be there, but we've got we've got work to do. The people that are that are coming by to see you this week, is because they're not playing. And uh, you know, I'd rather be playing and and making phone calls than than being out on the uh, out on the road this week. We'll we'll hammer it next week as heavy as we can, and, and get to December signing day. But. To me, this is a good problem to have. When you're playing, there's only there's only a handful of schools that are they're still working. Everybody else is out recruiting. I, I'd rather be playing a game this week.
0: I suppose you could probably have a few California kids that you're talking to uh, show up at the game.
3: Uh, we may have some guys. We are recruiting some dudes in the area, and we can't have contact with them. But it would not surprise me if some guys made the trip.
0: Well, Coach, good luck on the trip there. The Mountain West Conference title game Saturday on Fox against San Diego State. Good luck, and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. There's Aggie head coach Blake Anderson on the conference championship game versus San Diego State. When we come back, Frank Dolce, our Ute insider, on a coaching carousel out of control, and the Utes getting ready to face Oregon the Pac-12 title game. That's next. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Frank Dolce, youth analyst and insider for The Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the SmartRain guest line. Best Estate award winner SmartRain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. SmartRain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, Good morning.
4: Good morning, DJ. Good morning, PK. Hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving.
0: Outstanding. Had a good Thanksgiving. It was good. Yours?
4: Yeah, it was very nice. Very nice. It's my favorite holiday, so I really look forward to Thanksgiving.
0: Did you come out of Thanksgiving as uh, wealthy as uh, Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly?
4: Not quite. Wealth and friends, maybe. Aha!
2: (laughs) Uh, I would trade that for cash any day. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, yeah, those guys. Uh, I mean, there's been th- this was the week, I guess, uh, for coaching changes. Um, so, pretty exciting. I I think that the Lincoln Riley hire is about as good as it could get for USC and for the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 needs USC to be a foundational team, a team that's competing for a playoff spot every year. I think that is what Lincoln Riley means to to USC. Brian Kelly is is an interesting one to me. Uh the, I don't know. I uh maybe he's just been at Notre Dame so long that I don't I don't I'm not seeing the fit at LSU, but maybe that is maybe that is a good a good fit for him. So, we'll. we'll I guess I'm I'm uh less optimistic about the Brian Kelly hire than I am about the Lincoln Riley hire. I can
2: see that on paper, but, you know, I wonder, I really don't, I don't ever really know, because you you, you don't know who's going to be great, who's not going to be great, maybe rarely. I mean, I think that we knew Urban Meyer was just going to take the world by storm, and he did here briefly, and he's gone on and had success at the other college spots. But other than that, you know, what, what makes a good coaching hire it appears that Lincoln Riley would be a phenomenal one 38 years of age and charismatic and all that but at the same time you know the standards that he's got to achieve it's basically playoff virtually every year or at least be in contention to be in yeah. or you're not going to be considered a success.
0: 15-0 or, yeah. or bust Frank. 15-0 and or bust Well that's not, that's not so hard <laughs>
4: okay, <laughs> I I I think that uh, I mean USC should be able to to a, attract that sort of talent, um, and and I really like the way that that uh, that Riley utilizes his offense, his 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 philosophy, um, the the management of the game. People people think that he's a guy that throws the ball around a lot, but he's he he's re, his offense is really based on the run. I know he he. He worked under the air raid system with Leeds, but he doesn't really incorporate the air raid scheme so much. So, I think he's a really, really good fit um, for for USC. I, and, and to your point, PK, I thought Kevin Sumlin was gonna was gonna be the launching pad for Arizona, and we all know where that ended up. So you don't really know. I think on paper you're right. Lincoln Riley looks like it it smells like the right. Thing for USC, and I'm less sure about Brian Kelly. And in two years, we could be talking about the complete opposite.
2: Right, right. Yeah, that's the thing about it. Is well, the the great thing is that even though we're not really sure, well, we will be sure one way or the other.
4: <laughs> well, when you started, to, you know, when you started in the broadcasting game, I know there were a lot of naysayers.
2: Yeah, hey, including the guy sitting right across from me.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've proven them all wrong. so Good for you.
0: <laughs> Not all of them. Check Twitter. All <laughs> oh, those are ding dong fans. Oh, That's isn't good. that true? He's just a fluke. He's just a fluke, and he'll be discovered one day.
5: Twitter,
4: Twitter is—I don't even know what that is. It is the worst platform ever. It's—it's it's just full of hate and vitriol and. You, you, you know, and that's the thing is that it's like Las Vegas. You win every once in a while you win, so you keep going back. And it's the same thing on Twitter. Every once in a while you get some, you know, some nice comment about something you've said, and you're like, oh, well, look, people actually like me. And then, but but then you disregard the 99% of everyone else who thinks you're, you know, you have no clue of what you're
0: talking yeah, about. Yeah, they can go to hell. <laughs>
4: Yeah, agreed. Right.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm curious. With Brian Kelly, we were debating this. PK says it's the latest. Correct me if I'm if I'm summarizing you wrong here. PK PK says it's the latest in a long slime a long string of slimy stories, bizarro stories, win at all costs, and it's just it's just one more. And I'm sitting over here thinking this is a new level. They've crossed a line that hasn't been crossed before. Have Coaches given up on kids and schools and teams? Absolutely. But this is the first time that a coach who's got a legitimate shot at going to the playoff and playing for the national championship has quit on his team. They've always quit on a team like Riley. Okay, we could go to a pretty good bowl game, but we're not playing for the national championship, so I'm out of here. Yeah. But this is a new level. If Georgia beats Alabama and one other team in the top four, you know, Houston beats Cincinnati, Baylor beats Oklahoma State. These are not massive upsets. Michigan losing might be a really big upset, but the other two aren't.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I would consider Alabama losing uh, to be uh, the... A big upset? Well, not necessarily an upset, but I don't know that I would necessarily view them as being out just because oh, they lose yeah. to Georgia. I don't
4: think so either. Right.
0: Oh, really? I do. I, I think yeah. if they get the two... Well, because they might have to include a two-loss team, then Bama could be back in. But I, I don't think two-loss Alabama gets in over one-loss Notre Dame. Before this, now with the coach out, that gives them that gives them a pass to do it. But do you think that Kelly leaving is a new step and a new level and, a- and-, and bad for the sport?
4: I... To to use a phrase um, that you're apparently fond of, DJ, is, I think it's a one off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are listening I knew, earlier. I knew he was going there. <laughs> 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 I
4: I think I Notre Dame is such an interesting place, and even with all of the, the you know the history and the success and the tradition, everything else, uh, you, I, I I don't know that. You've been able. To, Kelly's been able to really find the athletes. Um, certainly, a upper tier, but may, maybe not the same type of athletes that can put him make him competitive on an annual basis for the playoffs. I think that's one thing to consider. Um, I think that's why Urban Meyer went to Florida instead of going to Notre Dame. because
2: exactly right. Yeah.
4: When he, when he laid out all the cards, he thought, well, I can win national championships at Florida. I don't know if I can win right. national championships yeah. at Notre Dame. So I think that's, a, I think that's one piece of it. And, and so let's say that Kelly goes to the playoffs this year. And is, you know, maybe his team is depleted next year, and then you know, he has an average campaign. Does he have an opportunity to go to an LSU again? I don't know. It's just hard to tell. So, you know, you just can't read the future. And and then you know, I have the have the numbers been revealed? I heard that Lincoln Riley was be, being offered on the twelve to fourteen million
0: dollar a year range for oh,
2: yeah. LSU. And, and have twenty twenty four seven at SC
0: twenty four seven use of a private jet by he and his family, whenever you want. <laughs> and they're buying him a six million dollar home, and they're buying his homes in Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's 12 at double, million. Double uh, price. Yeah, but it's 12 million, and when you add in all the perks, then it, it's it's north of 12 million. Except that, yeah. and the numbers haven't all been revealed, but they will be at LSU because it's a state school. But Kelly's supposed to be 15 million, and it's a total package of 100 to 110 million or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Kelly ain't going to,
2: yeah. or uh, Lincoln Riley ain't going to be living at the places he goes to recruit. Let's just put it that way. Clearly.
0: <laughs>
4: no. 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 Well, I, I just think that it's, you know, I, I like to, you know, loyalty is a lot different when, when you're talking about similar packages in terms of compensation, but it, it, loyalty becomes very, really difficult. And I guess everybody has a price and you know, $15 million a year. And I'm certain a, a big portion of that is some kind of guarantee. I, I mean, that is, that's what wealth that's, that goes down through uh. kids and grandkids and maybe even further so you know yeah i i it's very difficult to to pass that up so i think there's probably a couple things in play there is one lsu probably gives kelly a better chance at winning a national championship during his career and two it's just really hard to pass up that kind of um, for sure that kind of money
2: yeah i mean but we were dealing with sports in a sport where Coaches take a job in January, and then before the season starts in spring practice, they've taken another job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's left?
4: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm curious about like I know I know Coach Winningham has been on some of those short lists. Yes. And I'm really curious. Maybe maybe you know, PK if, if. Coach Witt's been in a position to pass up that kind of. Maybe he's just kind of that guy that, you know, the the money is just a smaller factor for him in considering well, where he wants to spend. I his mean, career. I, I think but he has generational
2: he wealth, up. and so I know he's taking his money here. And he's invested in a lot of different things that allow him to make more money and give him plenty of money. But he, he's a different breed in that way, and that he and it sounds cliche and and trite. And I'm people are saying, "Oh, you like him, so you're gonna defend him in this way." But for him, uh, such a low maintenance dude that in one of his best. His greatest accomplishments is that all of his children went through the same grade school, junior high and high school, and, and university for that matter, and he didn't have <laughs> to move around all. I mean, he loves to say that, and that's important to him. So, Yeah, you know.
4: as, a, as a football coach, yeah, a big-time football coach, that just doesn't happen.
2: Exactly. So to me, as I view it, that was worth the money that he could have gotten other places. Yeah, and then with them going into the Pac-12, that was given a ticket to the big time.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, w- w- maybe the next big question is: I heard the you know the spot on the Ute update about how Coach Witt really enjoyed the team sending out the seniors the right way. The last you know their last game at uh, Rice Eccles was that Coach Witt's last game at Rice Eccles.
0: No. If I had to guess, I would say the answer is no. He got that uh, question at the press conference Monday. And, you know, a a lot of coaches have told us a lot of stuff, and it's turned out not to be true. So be careful about, you know, pushing all your chips to the middle on any one thing. Well, he reserves the right to change his mind. Absolutely. 100% on that. But, you know, I think he'll be back next year. I do, too. With or without the Rose Bowl? With
4: or without. I I think that... uh this this team wasn't wasn't necessarily supposed to be the team that competed for uh, a Rose Bowl opportunity. No, next
6: year.
4: <laughs> I think it's next year. Yeah. yeah, it is. So that's I think that's compelling for for a coach. But my and 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 you know, if if things don't go really well next year, I don't know that it really diminishes his legacy. If you, I, I, I think we were adding this up the other day and if you look across his career as as a football coach and specifically his time at utah as a defensive coordinator and as a head coach that is that's an unbelievable list of accomplishments and one day you know one day as fans we will sit back and recognize that we won't get caught up in the you know He's he's one and two to start the season. What's happening to this football team? It's falling apart. Yada yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one day we'll look back and really take a look at his list of accomplishments and realize well, what how yeah.
2: meaningful he was. Well, it'll be it'll be the, the first two or three five and seven seasons in a row.
0: I was I was going to say <laughs> it'll be when when the schools missed on three straight head coaches like they have in basketball because now Majerus's oh. run we're, we're lost out on all the. The weirdness, right? The the year that he didn't coach the whole season, and there were three different press conferences to explain three different reasons why he was going away, and we kept getting summoned to the Huntsman Center for Rick's Fellwell press conference. My heart, my knee, my mom. Yeah. But we don't care about that right now. That right now, like we're looking book. at. <laughs> right now, we're looking at. Wow, he, look at all the Sweet Sixteens the guy went to. Mm-hmm. He went to three in a row. They've only been to three tournaments since he left. He went to three sweet sixteens in a row, and we're forgetting all the other stuff.
4: Yeah, I I think you know, and I happened to be on campus when Coach Mangeris was on campus, and um, and I'll, I'll nice relationship with him. I mean, I got lucky. I just I just happened to bump into him in in the office one day, and and I just had to, an opportunity to build a nice little relationship with him. Um and and he I, I took some I I was taking some shots um in the middle of one football season and he was he came to my rescue in a way and I'll never I'll never forget that. If if he didn't have all of the if he didn't have all of the weird stuff surrounding him and there was I mean there there was some weird stuff. Um if he didn't have all of that surrounding him, um, I think he would be even more respected, not just in the community, but more respected nationally. His accomplishments at Utah are unprecedented. I mean, I just think that the way that he managed that basketball program, and, and you you made the point, we, we haven't seen it since his time. And who knows if Utah will ever get back to that level. But he was an unbelievable, unbelievable presence on campus, no question about it.
2: Yeah, and Kyle will go, and he'll get that, and he'll get his due. I, I think he gets the Rose Bowl this year, maybe next year, maybe the playoff next year. I mean, this. I, I'm, I'm glad that playoff play may, might be me I mean, I'm not going to rule it Playoffs. out. I mean, they, a couple years back, they were right into it. And he just till, wants
0: to say it till the end. I got it. I just wanted to
2: say. it. I understand that. I I, I, I rode uh, when the Utes were playing the Bruins uh, when Jim Moore Jr. was the coach there. I was at the uh, spring. Hill Suites in Manhattan Beach there, and coming down the morning after the game was Jim Morris Sr. in the elevator, and it is all I could do to ask him about the playoffs, but I, but I didn't.
0: <laughs> I would thank him well, for that. I mean, just, I, that's brought so much joy and pleasure. We all love doing it, and we all laugh when we do it. Yeah, Every time. I'm glad he
4: did it. I, I love to think about Coach Whittingham taking a team to the playoffs, but for the Pac-12, it's not the you know sec teams get in the playoffs with with one loss maybe two losses uh you could take a big 10 team with one loss into the playoffs but are are they i know they were considering oregon and oregon was up there at number three with one loss but i don't really think the committee ever thought oregon was the number three team i thought I think the committee thought Oregon was going to take another loss and we can push him yeah. out of the playoff picture. You're gonna you're gonna to have to go undefeated in the Pac twelve to get in the playoffs. Is that uh, is that
2: outlanded?
0: Not if there's two mm-hmm. lost teams yeah. everywhere else maybe, like there are this. One
2: year. Loss, but but if for no other reason they return a ton of people next year and they got five
0: guaranteed wins in the South, because the South sucks for USC's turning it on a dime. <laughs> All right, before yeah. we go, so it's it's Oregon and we know what happens if the Utes play well and if Oregon plays average or poorly. The thing the Utes (laughs) can't control is, is Oregon going to come with their A game this time? Because nobody believes that was their A game. And, the Utes, can they bring their A game again?
4: Well, yeah, that is the big question. But I, but I've watched both of these teams play all year long. Uh, I have seen Oregon uh, look pretty good at times, but I would say this about both teams: if Oregon brings their A game and Utah brings their A game, I pick Utah. I I think Oregon is still flawed. I was still I, I still feel like they should have taken a loss earlier in the season outside of the Utah game. So I feel like maybe this matchup is much more what we thought it would be the first time around, like a 27, 24, 31, 28 kind of a game, super competitive at the line of scrimmage. I don't think Oregon – certainly Oregon didn't play their best, and Utah played played really well uh, and was able to get the running game going. So th- that's something something to consider. But uh, if both game if both teams are at their best, I still give the edge to Utah. I think Utah is a better team overall this year, and Utah's played better for a longer stretch this this football season. Uh, it, but you know it's it's the same thing on the other side. If Utah doesn't, if Utah's average, then they're just going to get run out of the stadium because I still think that uh, athletically. Oregon probably brings the most to the table. But but an even matchup, clean game, number ones, number ones, everybody playing at their top level. I, I give Oregon I, – I mean, I give Utah the, the edge in that game.
2: Yeah, I give it on quarterback. And quarterback alone is good enough for me.
4: I agree 100%. I, I like Brown, and he certainly showed something different against Oregon State, but Oregon State's terrible defense. And – you know, going 23 of 28, that's impressive. Um, but under different circumstances, meaning under duress, um, when the game is on his shoulders to throw the ball downfield, I don't think he, I don't think he comes up with, with the right play, with the right combination. I, he did hit some fantastic passes against Utah, no question. But he also threw a bunch of terrible passes against Utah. And I think that's more of the of what he is as a quarterback. Um, so same, you know, same game plan for Utah: contain the quarterback, keep him in front of you. you. can't let him get the quarterback run game going. Eliminate as much as you can Oregon's run game, which I think they will be much more committed to this time around. And you have to you have to force Brown to beat you through the air. And if he beats you through the air, then you know you just kind of have to take that loss. Um, But if you can do all those things, I think you give yourself a really good chance at at winning it.
0: Well, the best number for the Utes from that first game was 63 yards rushing. That was phenomenal. 63 yards, phenomenal. That they held the Ducks to 63 yards. Yeah, and if they do that again, I don't care who's a quarterback. The Utes are winning the game.
4: Yeah, I I think so too. If they hold if they hold Oregon to an under 100 yard effort on the ground again. Then, then, uh, then, you know, I would. It would be very hard for me to say that Utah doesn't come out on top in in that football game. I, I'm curious to see how Moorhead manages it. I thought he abandoned the run a little bit um, in in game one, so we'll see if he's if he sticks sticks with it a little bit more. And and by the way, you know, this is probably a, kind of a job interview for Moorhead. Uh, I, I think he's looking around for for where he's going to land next year, and he's going to have some opportunities. So we'll we'll see how he manages the game offensively for Oregon. It should be interesting.
0: Fresno State's a good job, and it's open now. So, All right, well, we'll see if that uh, – I guess what you're saying, Frank, is that that first Utah-Oregon game was not a one-off. <laughs> that
6: was, uh,
4: well, it was, it was a one-off for Oregon. I think they'll play much better <laughs> in this game. But I still believe, based on all that I've seen out of both teams – that a game versus a game i i give uh the game to utah
0: thanks frank we appreciate it
4: man it's great to catch up with you guys have a great week we'll talk to you soon
0: there's frank dolce our You insider when we come back what is trending all the headlines stay with us
5: top is guarding Durant. Durant gets it right of the lane. Jumper over him. Rattles it home. Kevin Durant's got 20. Jones back to Jackson. Turns. Fires a left wing three. Ring it up. Put three on the board. Jaron Jackson caught it. Found the spot right in the grooves and fires it up and in from the left
0: wing. The Lakers with five and a half to play in the quarter Runs again
4: attacking! In full-on attack mode, Russell Westbrook. Chioza, the porter, he'll circle to the left. Takes the three, no good, missed it. Chioza, rebound, out to Curry. Three
0: ball on the way, splash! Rebound DeAndre Ray Gets it out on top. Three-pointer, is up. Shazam by Chris Paul. Highlights nice from the NBA, the marquee game, the Suns. They do it again. 17 straight wins, a club record. They beat the Warriors. Devin Booker left the game in the second quarter with a hamstring injury, but Steph Curry had a horrible shooting night. And 104-96, the win goes to Phoenix at home. Ties the club record. It didn't set. Tying it at 17. Entertained by that? Told us yesterday you had it circled. Oh, yeah,
2: man. A watch party. Are you kidding me? I was entertained. It was like watching Gone with the Wind. Why was it like watching Gone with Because him? it was a classic. Okay. What do you mean, why? What a dumb bleep question that is at 7.03 in the morning. I mean, why? It was a
0: classic. All right. Why would you ask a question like that? Because I didn't think it was a classic. thought it was a good game. I didn't think it was it a was classic. It was a classic. Good game. And Name me a
2: better game in the history of the NBA on the last day of November. <laughs> you can't. <laughs>
0: See? You cannot. What will it mean going forward? Well, well it mean nothing going backward. Presumably, the Warriors are going to get Klay Thompson back, and the Suns will get Devin Booker back. Well, then they'll get back to where they once belonged. Both teams now 18-3, and tied for the best record in the NBA. I mean, but
2: Curry's an entertaining dude no matter what uh, because he's not shooting the ball well, but at any point he can drain five three-pointers in a row and nobody would bat an eyelash. Uh, This Jordan Poole, you have to give the Warriors credit that he was, I think he was the last pick of the first round when he comes out of Michigan there. I think that that was off their last title year. And then in that first half, he looked like Steph Curry. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, there's guys to be had out there. You've got to find them. And the Warriors, and they got Kevin Durant gifted to them. But other than that, you know, they've done a heck of a job. And then, other than that, you know, how was the play? Well, uh, you know, except for the shooting, it was fine. I understand that. But they did win without him. Uh, and they've done a great job drafting and assembling their team in various methods. And Poole looks
0: like he's the latest one. 6 of 12 from 3 for him, which is the Steph Curry-like numbers you're talking about. Well, Steph was a miserable 4 of 21 shooting the ball, which is a historically awful night for him. Really? It was his worst night ever? Wow! With twenty shots, it was his worst shooting percentage was, ever. I don't know that it was his worst okay, ever. Okay, so it's, you're starting to back off well, that historical, big historical one of the worst. I mean, well,
2: it's that's terrible. Terrible. not one of historic. No, 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 no. Misusage yes. of the word. Can we have a <laughs> ruling, please? <laughs>
5: Seems to be a misusage.
2: <laughs> he tries to get all
0: fancy on us. He just gave me the side eye too. I'm in trouble. <laughs> You or me? I didn't know who you were. (laughs) You shaved the beard. You look like a different dude. Oh, oh, sorry. (laughs) Lakers go on a 40-8 run. They were getting buried by the Kings. And then... They are getting buried? They were down 14, and suddenly they were up 92-74, whatever that is. 18? I don't know. That's a big swing in the middle of the game from down 66-52 up 92-74. I have not seen very many 40-8 to eight runs. One time they put like a 40-0 uh, f- on them or something. 40-4, like and the Kings yeah. shot four free throws and didn't make a basket in yeah. an entire quarter.
2: I figured something must have gone wrong with the Kings because Locke tweeted out, it's a good thing the Suns and the Warriors are distracting the Kings. Well, At no point am I ever paying attention to the Kings anyway, so
0: watching paint dry would
6: distract <laughs> me from the
2: Kings.
0: <laughs> I didn't see it either, because like you, like most NBA fans, the Suns and Warriors were the game of the night. But I did see that tweet from Locke, and then uh, flipping through, someone took a picture of the two scoreboards and clipped them and combined them. I didn't see that. Yeah. 40-8 to run, and the Lakers win in a blowout. And they did it without LeBron James. He tested positive, went into COVID protocols. He Asymptomatic. So He did test positive? Yach, he tested positive. That's what I understand. There yeah. it is. He's in health and safety protocols is what officially
2: was the rule. I didn't know that means you.
0: One of his teammates said he was asymptomatic. AD said he was asymptomatic. It was AD who said it? Yeah. Well,
2: good for him then. See him back soon. Whatever those rules are, I don't know what they are.
0: Trailblazers beat the Pistons one ten to ninety two. CJ McCollum went for twenty eight. As Portland gets a win, beating one of the worst teams in the NBA. And James Harden goes for 34 as the Nets take down the Knicks 112, 110. All right, James. Jalen Suggs, fractured thumb, will not require surgery. It's going to be reevaluated every two weeks before a decision is made on when he returns to play. DJ and PK.
5: Hashtag college basketball. Ball goes to Roach at half court, throws it at the goal. Roach, no good, and Ohio State has upset number one here in Columbus. The Buckeyes knock off Duke 71-66, coming from 15 down. To get their fifth win of the season and the second win since Chris Holtman has been the head coach at Ohio State over a number one ranked team, as the fans and the students, and maybe even people from the parking lot, have now started to storm the court.
0: Number one Duke, it was a glorious win over Gonzaga, but then Ohio State gets him 71 66. You just heard down 15, they rally. They scored the last 12 points of the game. It was a 12-0 run over the last four and a half minutes as Duke gets beat by Ohio State. BYU in action tonight in Orem. Going to play UVU, 7 o'clock. Game's on ESPN+. And BYU TV. The Utes open Pac-12 play against USC. SC is 6-0, ranked 20th in the country. And that game tonight will be on Pac-12 Networks. And Dixie State gets a win over Bethesda 99-61. DJ and PK.
5: Hashtag NFL.
0: Former BYU quarterback Taysom Hill has been taking first team reps for the Saints. They're gearing up. For a game against the Cowboys, he is expected to get the start tomorrow night. All right. Good. Looking forward to it. Giants starting quarterback Daniel Jones is questionable. Supposed to play the Dolphins this Sunday, but he got a strained neck in the win over the Eagles last week. Questionable. Sounds a lot more serious than a strain, but that's what they're talking about now is the Giants gear up for that game. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin said there will be changes coming. His team is back to 500, Five wins, five losses, and a tie. They got blown out by the Bengals. He said, we just stunk the place up. What you can't do is continue to do the things that you've been doing and expect a different result. We're open to some schematic changes. We're open to some personnel changes, obviously. They won't be drastic in nature, probably more subtle in nature, but hopefully significant. Significant in a positive way. Steelers looking bad in that last game. So, we'll see if they get a spark out of that. DJ and PK.
5: Hashtag college football. Brian did not come to me, which frankly I appreciated, with some opportunity to match uh,
7: the offer. When we talked, he indicated that he was resigning um, to take another position. He thanked me for the opportunity The University had provided to him, thanked me for our friendship which I very much appreciated and I wished him all the best and we talked a little bit about um, how today would how today would work.
0: Notre Dame going through a coaching change and there is the athletic director right there, Jack Swarbrick, talking about how the coach stepped down and now the search begins. Who wants the Notre Dame job? Who's qualified for the Notre Dame job? How will this all play out? Urban Meyer no interest in taking a, another head coaching job in college and remains committed to rebuilding the Jacksonville Jaguars, according to reports. Citing what, PK? Sources. Sources. Yeah, that'd be a bad look for him. Five-star quarterback prospect Malachi Nelson is committed to USC following Lincoln Riley to L.A. He had committed to play for Oklahoma. Riley departed to USC. He backed off that verbal pledge. Now committed to USC. Uh, he's a California kid, Los Alamitos High School. Kind of
5: st- to Oklahoma. He's had USC twice there. Excuse me. Yes,
0: Oklahoma, I've seen him play. How'd he look?
2: I mean, I have no idea how you go five-star to four-star to three-star and all that. Uh, so I have seen him play. I get those uh, Fox Sports channels on my direct and f- uh, flicking around. They have high school games on there. So, you know, the kid, uh, and I knew of the kid. That's why I intentionally watched him, and I'm not a, I'm not a QB evaluator by any stretch, uh, but obviously he looked good, and who knows? Maybe the quarter, quarterbacks now coming from high school to college, it's like trying to pit, uh, okay, this guy's going to be a surefire winner as a head coach. I guarantee it, without exception. Yeah, you, you can't do that, man. There's been so many of them. It's come to light more as far as you know, Riley Jensen will have him on earlier or later today, this morning. And he was talking about last week. You know, he's he looked at the Elite Eleven deal and the transfers, and I can recall talking to you about it several years ago. In that fifty uh, percent transfer, and of those fifty percent who transfer, like fifty percent roughly transfer a second time. You did the math on it. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 to, to, to quote our dear friend, the numbers were astounding. On the number of transfers These kids As they try to just Chase a dream And dreams die hard that way you know. They, and I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that lightly By any stretch Because it's it's tough When you're all that As a high school quarterback And everybody's telling you're great And your parents And your mother And your father Their chests are puffed out When they go to the games And you're a big man on campus I have seen it I've covered preps for years I've seen it uh, locally I've seen it in California You hear about it nationally But you never really know how it's going to translate to the high school to college level. This kid looks good and all that. But I can't tell you, is he going to take a snap? Because he's going to have to beat out Dart here in the next two to three years. And if he doesn't, well, then he's gone. Because he's not going to wait for Dart, maybe an NFL guy, but he still has two more years to
0: play right? That's a long time <laughs> yeah. the way we see quarterbacks transfer. They don't even wait two months now. Nope. <laughs> not necessarily. No. Well, between the Elite 11 camps and 7-on-7 stuff and not having pass rush and not being real football, but even when you see them in high school games, some of these guys are going to schools where, you know, there's transferring, there's recruiting, especially if you're at a powerhouse private school, but we've seen it here, even if you're at a public school, and teams are loaded and it makes you look better when your offensive line is great and your receivers are great and the other team doesn't match up. So it's it's just hard to know. You get to college, things can be a little more even. And we saw it with Oklahoma this year. Quarterbacks can look good one year and then not look good at all the next and lose their job.
2: Slovis' ga- uh, high school won three games, I think. And his quarterback coach was Kurt Warner. He's a Hall of Fame guy. Still only won three games. So you don't even
0: necessarily necessarily have to look good to be good. Virginia Tech announced the hiring of Penn State Defense Coordinator Brent Pry as the Hokie's new head coach. He'd been a graduate assistant under Frank Beamer back in the 90s, and Louisiana Tech announced the hire of Texas Tech Offensive Coordinator Sonny Cumbie as the Bulldogs' new head coach. And Kentucky has agreed to a contract extension with head coach. Mark Stoops that runs through the 2027 season. His name has been linked to various head coaching vacancies, including the one at Oklahoma.
5: DJ PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball.
0: Day of Negotiating brought Major League Baseball and the Players Association no closer to a new collective bargaining agreement with the correct deal set to expire at 1159 tonight. 9.59 9.59 our time Players want free agency after five years or 29 and a half years of age whichever comes first while the arbitration while beginning the arbitration process after two seasons instead of three Owners don't want any of that Well I would say hey well, let's have a compromise we'll just everybody's on a one year deal Ooh no multi-year deals and just stir the pot again the next year Yeah I mean that's what college sports has turned into That is what it's turned into coaches can break contracts and players can transfer so hit reset so sure we'll give you free agency at 21. i'd be careful of the uh the owners offering that because as the nba contracts have gotten shorter they've had less control and it's driven them nuts yeah but that doesn't matter this
2: is an entirely different sport one or two guys can make a significant power change. Mike Trout had been the best player in the game, and now Otani's the viewed as the best player in the game. So they got the two best players, and they don't sniff the playoffs anywhere close. So I don't I don't see that as apples and kumquats.
0: What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Riley Jones is here at eight, Riley Jones. Riley Jensen is here at eight o'clock. Our college football insider, Kyle Whittingham, Ute head coach, at eight thirty. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, at nine o'clock. Right here on the Zone Sports Network with DJ and PK. We'll get to the question of the day next.
5: It's been a wild ride for Blake Anderson and the Utah State Aggies. As the Aggies have punched their ticket to the Mountain West Conference Championship game, the Aggies head to Southern California to square off against San Diego State for their first ever Mountain West title. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show at noon, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hot texture Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Should BYU try for a better bowl or play in the Independence Bowl and get an easy 11th win? Jim says, always take the one with the biggest payout. It's all about the money anyway. It's not that much money. A lot of it's backed up by ticket guarantees. The bowls that they're eligible
2: for, I don't know that it has that much uh, difference. It's, it's like pennies. When you need millions and you can get 5,000,
0: 10,000, what difference does it make? Matt says, I don't think they get to choose, Mr. James. Very formal. Well, how do you know they do or don't? David says they have agreements in place before the season starts. Got what-if agreements in place also. So they will be free to go to a New Year's Six if they get chosen. But what about flipping to another bowl? A bowl game in Arizona, maybe? Many are called, few are chosen.
2: Yeah. I'm neither called or chosen
0: and the one time they called I wasn't home I missed my chance story of my life Eldon says just hurry up and decide so I can decide if I want to go and if I can go
2: what does that mean These old lady has got the shackles on him if he can go wear some pants I
0: don't know pantalones well not knowing what bowl game is you may not know what date he may have plans. Change him? He could. Eldon, just change him. No big deal. You're Come on. Richard says, take the easy win and brawl after the game. Winking
2: emoji. Oh, what they done. Did they but they, did they win that Hawaii or Miami game?
5: Nope. That's they lost that
0: game.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs>
5: lost to Memphis. Yeah. Uh,
2: that's what the that's what I recall. So you're mixing your bowl games. Yeah, one which they
0: won, one in which they brawled. Jeffrey says the better bowl is always the answer. Really? Define better opponent with a better record, opponent with a bigger brand, closer game, easier for your fans to go, the payout thing, if it's not pennies, as you point out. I
2: think it's defined as the more prestigious opponent, the, the records. You're not. If you play one of UT, whoever the heck it is over there, uh, you're gonna
0: you're gonna get zero buzz. UT San Antonio. Yeah, you just got the loss to North Texas. They're not undefeated, so I mean Tim oh. Duncan ain't walking through that door.
2: So you you're gonna get zero buzz out of beating UT San Antonio. I couldn't name you one player. And don't try to go look and name me players so people think you know what you're talking about, about UT San Antonio, because you don't know either.
0: I absolutely don't. (laughs) I've watched zero UTSA games. It's the only game you didn't watch over the Thanksgiving
2: weekend.
5: I've been to one of their games, actually.
2: He now gets bugged because I claim he watched too much sports. So, so now he'll I tell know. me, I didn't watch this that but It's so easy to get under his skin. It's like sometimes I feel guilty.
0: It's the <laughs> <a> constant personal <laughs>
6: attack.
2: guilty for needling you. Yeah, it's just, it's too easy, man. Get a thicker skin. <laughs> just say, yeah, I watch sports, and what are you going to do about it? That's your mode of attack. Not to try to deny. No, that just makes me come on stronger. Come on. Haven't you learned anything? It might ruin the show. I think people Jeez. are. Jeez. No, they, I think they want to see you attack me now. For the next 20 years, you attack me. Ready? Go. So you can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you told me off the air not to. No, have at it. Let's go right now. Let's settle this thing once and for all. Let's settle what thing. <laughs> You're already bored by the bull talk. You put the question up. I get the Mr. James, but you put the you question up. You wanted the question.
0: I told you the question I wanted. You didn't I, put I, it up. I thought that's the one you wanted. How oh, was it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Who can remember? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly
2: not me. Uh, you specifically said do it. Okay. All right. So I did it. <laughs> and now we're mad because we requested it. <laughs> You were the one who put it You're You didn't want the other question, but you wanted. What's the other one? The one about the, how the wild Pac- is it that some folk
0: proclaim yeah. BYU as Pac-12?
2: See, I think that's a very important or pertinent, I should say, question because my guess is, and you you do the comments because you read them and you're better at yep. that than I am. And my guess is that there's going to be a bunch of people Ute fans saying, "Oh, you're trolling," and Ute fans. <laughs> you mean
0: Andrew? This is lazy trolling, man. Period.
2: Yeah. Do better, but see, Period. It's not because the reason why I say that is on the show. Last night when they introduced the the poll and they go, you know, what are they? On the, you're talking about the football one, yeah, 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 thing the, the guys. And Reese Davis mentioned BYU as the honorary uh, winner of the Pac-12. And Kalani was asked about it on Saturday. What was his response, Yawks? Something along the lines of, we're not going to get into that, blah, blah, oh, blah.
0: classy. It's yeah. hard to put together a schedule. We appreciate the teams that were willing to play us. Yeah. You, well, do you, if you got to play it. He's giving us uh, the one, the index
2: finger. Which Hold on a second. Could mean one minute, one second, one hour, one segment. I mean, you know, that's open to all sorts of interpretation. So I'm not exactly sure. Oh, well, now I got the thumbs up, which I assume means right now. We're just happy
1: to play the game. I don't, we're not going to get into that stuff. We, we have too much respect for the, for, the, for football and for this conference to, to make statements like that. It's.
2: Genius response. That's a genius response because he doesn't have to do it. Let the others do it. Let the folks who have the voices. Reese Davis has a voice. It's a significant voice in college football because he's the lead guy, and it's not as, it may not be as, as significant as uh, Kirk Herbstreit. And Desmond, why do I always laugh like the vice president, Howard? I can't tell the two apart. (laughs) All the time. That's all they ever do is cackle. But Reese gets to set the table and set the parameters of the discussion. And when he he says that they're the honorary uh, Pac-12 winners, that's significant. As you have pointed out a million times, it's about selling your program. So that is a
0: sellable, marketable point. And just because Kalani doesn't talk about it in front of the microphone at a press conference doesn't mean he doesn't talk about it with a recruits family. So he's up
2: there saying the right thing for BYU and then also, too, for Oregon, if Cristobal takes another job, uh, whomever, who knows. And if he doesn't want to, and I've already heard, if Cristobal takes the Miami job, Oregon's extremely interested in Kalani and Maybe Kalani doesn't want to take it and squeeze BYU for every freaking last cent. And me and about 500,000 other Cougar fans just applauded because all the Cougar fans, literally all the Cougar fans that I talked to at the gym or wherever, they want Kalani and they want Kalani to get as much money as possible for himself and for his program. It's so funny. BYU has a one of the most passionate fan bases in the country. Certainly no team in the West, no program in the West, has a more passionate fan base than BYU. I also think there's no bigger chasm between their fan base and what the people above Tom Homo think they should do with their athletic program. Meaning the fan base. You want to grow a beard? Grow a beard. You want to grow a mustache below your... uh mouth, which I've had a prominent coach and it's not Aaron Roderick, tell me, why can't I do that? Ask me, why can't I do that? What harm is that? Uh, Coach, we had our star player have to go shave 20 minutes before the game. That's freaking ridiculous. And every BYU fan and I don't name names when I tell that story they're saying, that's freaking ridiculous too! So the chasm between the loyal passionate fan base and the folks above, not at Tom Homo's level, above Tom Homo's level, there's a big chasm. And they want to see Kalani be paid top dollar, they want to see the assistants be paid top dollar, and the program be run at a top dollar rate. Because they're already getting a tremendous bargain for what they're putting out. So if Kalani can use that to get more money or actually take the Oregon job, actually most BYU fans will say, hey, more power to you, buddy. Go ahead. If these folks over here are going to be cheap, then you go do it the other way. And both of us, all three of us have had coaches across the board tell us, man, BYU is so cheap. That's outgoing coaches and incoming coaches and present coaches. So Kalani, let others do your work for you. This 5-0, and absolutely. This 5-0 and is the most pronounced number in the history of BYU football outside of 13-0. and Go ahead. Argue. Any of you argue with me. I love to argue. But you got nothing you can come back with me at. So fetch off, as they say. <laughs> they say that? In my neighborhood, obviously in your family, they didn't. I've nope. heard People I heard about Mrs. James one. from growing up. Holy Toledo Yeah, crazy. Yeah, you would have thought the reason why she went in San Diego, she settled there after serving in the uh, in the military. With the tattoos that she had and the language. She'd get really mad and say darn sometimes. Well, you know the sailors Mm -hmm. in San Diego? They would say, man, your mouth is bad as Mrs. James. (laughs) That's what they would say. And I I forget her name. she got some funky first name. It's not like Mary or Dorothy. It was an odd one. I I, I learned it once. You wouldn't wouldn't tell me. All I did is look it up. (laughs) <laughs> Go look it up again. I know, but it's an it's an odd first name. It's not a it's a it's not a usual uh, first name. But I've long since forgot it. Go look it up, people, and then tweet it at us. It's Nyla.
0: Save your time. Nyla. See, that's an unusual N Y L A. Yeah, and my grandmother wanted a, it's a word scramble on another family name. Well, it's a beautiful sounding name, Nyla. And then in the hospital, the day my mom was born, she found another mom who named the kid the same thing, and she was devastated because she wanted a unique, the one of a kind, not even a second, not unusual.
2: Unique. Well, it (laughs) It is. It's beautiful, and the reason why is because the initials are NJ, which in my mind stands for New Jersey.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Come on, people! Where else can you get this? <laughs> Nowhere. At, at the time, it was NE, which I guess stands for Nebraska.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, as she's known on the rolls of eternity, it's NJ. There it is. So, it's just genius the way Kalani's playing it. And let and there's been when he said when Reese Davis said that last night, I thought that's good untold for BYU publicity. recruiting for yeah. BYU. Untold publicity, and I thought of you about you talking about always selling. So I kind of had a little stream of thought, which I do often, obviously. And I'm thinking, and then I hearken back to the question Saturday night and what what, uh, he just played, and I thought, man, that is perfect. So it is not trolling.
0: It is selling. It's out there. Kalani just chose not to rub anybody's nose in it at the podium or whatever the press conference setup was after the SC game.
2: Yeah, and I would have preferred he said, yeah, absolutely, hell yes. We kicked the Pac-12's ass this year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's wouldn't why, be why that you going to PR be. for Kalani. <laughs> wouldn't that have been awesome? Tell me. Tell me every BYU would fan would have went nuts. Awesome.
0: <laughs> would it have been awesome for us? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Would Kalani have had to have meetings? Uh, Absolutely. Why? 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 (laughs) Why? Come on. It's not the BYU way and you know it. Don't ask why. No, it's not the
2: BYU image. Right. And the BYU image is the BYU way. It's not. It's It's not? No, it's not. The BYU way is real life. It's real people living real lives for better or worse. Trying to live for better, but don't always succeed. That's the BYU way. That's the Latter-day Saint way. That's a very lavell comment out There's of There's like a million sinners. True. Well, however many you got. Multiply it by that. I just use a million. I mean, we're all the same in that way. We all fall short. Everybody's jacked up. Yeah. So that's the... The, the, the image is impossible to achieve. I mean, didn't
6: Except Jesus he, say he came he for he the sick, right not there.
2: for the whole? And... Believe me,
0: I'm sick. (laughs) You have combat on golf courses (laughs) with four friends on a relatively perfect day. I mean, for that time of year, it was an awfully good day. And you're out there cranking up music, getting in people's face on the third and fourth hole. I'm sick. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) So and granted, it was a ridiculous thing for Jake to say. I'm
2: sick. That's the the BYU way is actually the real way, the real life. I can remember when uh, Max Hall got his problem in Arizona, and like the next day, we were at a golf tournament Thanksgiving Thanksgiving point. We had Chad Lewis on, and we asked him about it. Right, Because Max is a high profile dude. It's unfortunate down in Arizona. He was at a Best Buy and shoplifting and drugs and blah, blah, blah. We all know that story. And Chad said something so simple, but yet so f- profound. Well, this is real life. We've now got to go help him and do all we can to support our brother because he has fallen. I'm paraphrasing, but I remember him saying this is real. No, life. He talked about the support, though. Yeah. He did talk about that. So rather than condemn and make fun and all the dumb things, no, this is real life. We're dealing with real life situations. These things happen in real life. They suck. And they've happened to, well, I mean, not everybody individually, but either a family member or a friend or what have you. I've sat, I'm not an alcoholic, but I've sat in the 12-step meetings to support somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's real. It's real life. That's the BYU way.
0: Kevin, BYU fan, they are the Pac-12 South champs, and I'm loving the U-tears. So many Utes are so offended, but it's true. And that is also the BYU way.
2: Well, that's the rivalry way. That's the
0: that's rivalry way. Either it? It is Either way. Yes, absolutely.
2: And that's the fun part of it. As long as it's taken in the context of sports, I say have at it.
0: Dustin says, I mean, it's not untrue. They're undefeated against the Pac 12. And if Utah beats Oregon again, they have the head to head win to back it up. Oregon is the one team at the top of the conference that the Cougars didn't play, and they will play them next year. They beat the Utes and Arizona State, who finished 1 2 in the North. And they beat south. Washington, excuse me, in the South. They beat Washington State, who finished second in the North. The top four teams in the league, they didn't play Oregon. And I guess you could make an argument for UCLA as a top-four team in the league because the South has more 8-4 and four teams than the North. Well, so they didn't play you could make an
2: argument because somebody has to be in the top-four.
0: Right. We were uh, checking Pac-12 records yesterday, and UCLA didn't beat a team with a winning record. LSU ended up at 6-6. Six and six. That was the marquee win. And they beat everybody they were supposed to. Beat all the teams with losing records. but And the Devils only beat one, and it was them. UCLA,
2: yeah. Yeah, if you want to know why... Utah has a distinct advantage over both of those schools. I'm at the gym yesterday, and I'm listening to Sports Talk Radio in Arizona. And they're talking about the Sun Devils, and their somewhat mediocre year relative to expectations. And the two hosts going on, the one guy says, well, yeah, I mean, they only beat one team with a winning record. I mean, you look at Cal. Cal had all their guys out when they played. They didn't even freaking play Cal. <laughs> it was Cal against the U of A, and the other guy says, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah." That's when they had him. Uh, the U of A had it too, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, okay." You're the host, and you don't even know. You don't but even yet know the ASU plays. They know who the backup long snapper on the practice squad is for the Cardinals. And then they're talking about the bowls and which bowl they should go to. And they keep going, well, they, they should go to the Holiday Bowl. It, it's better, blah, blah, blah. They don't realize that the Holiday Bowl has fallen back. It is not up.
0: It's at, not what it was. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, literally in the pecking order. Right. Actually, I think the Vegas violent. Bowl yeah. is ahead of them, mm. is it not? I think they're doing away with the pecking order. Unofficial, officially, they're doing away they, with the pecking no, order. They can't do away with it though, because they want to create more matchups. But yes, no, they Vegas, still have the rule. If Alabama you're two games
2: ahead, they can't take the team below you. So there still is a. They may, they may be doing away with it, but they're not doing away with it now. They did not know that the Vegas. They still think the Vegas Bowl is played on December first. In, in San, San Boyd Se- State, yeah. they had San no State, clue. Yeah. No clue. And uh, if you want to know why that program is going nowhere
0: and your program is yeah. much better, it's because and, people care yeah. here. They don't care there. Overshadowed by the NFL and, to a certain degree, the other pro sports, but mostly the NFL. Yeah, Whereas and here, when they speak yeah. on it, they get it wrong. Yeah, Vegas is upgraded now. They're going to be getting Big Ten and SEC <laughs> teams and, uh, and scheduled to alternate years. So, done with the whole... Mountain West on the yeah. uh, first Saturday of the bowl season, the third Saturday in December. I mean, they're all a bunch of bowls,
2: but Vegas' profile has dr- risen dramatically in, in that regard. When they played BYU earlier, they had Herman Edwards they had him on Mondays, and they asked him, one guy asked him, Who do you play this week?
0: He didn't even bother to look it up. <laughs> it's not that hard, it's not that far away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You think that if they had a Cardinals guy on, Cliff Kingsbury, hey, who do you play this week? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, here, we obsess over everything. That's one of the reasons why your program is in a much better spot. And I don't care that it's out in Utah. It doesn't matter. Utah is big enough now, speaking generally, not the specific university. It's a premier program in the West, and it will continue as such. So let you have their day. Let them, let them have their little day, Ute fans.
0: There it is. Always put the word little in front of it. It's very demeaning. Especially in regard to something.
2: Like your ego. And Utah, if you go to the Rose Bowl, celebrate wildly. Who cares that they beat you? They're going to beat you at some point. We're going to
0: continue forever. Streaks end. Yours ended. Yeah. Ohio State's ended. Everyone. happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're playing each other, and there's that much passion involved, as awesome as Alabama's run has been, and it has been awesome. Auburn beat them with the picks with the uh, kick six return. It happens.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would accept it. Let let if I'm U- the Utes, let them say that. And if I'm Kalani, don't say it. Let others say it for you. And having Reese Davis say that on their show, I thought, "Wow, that is a great publicity tool." I would cut that out and send it to all my all the recruits. And as the grad transfer portal grows, and obviously it's going to grow big time here in the next few weeks, and you got kids who would be considering you, particularly if they're not just seniors. So that means they're going to play in the Big 12? You know, if they're freshmen, sophomores, juniors, so they have two years left? Yeah, wow, send that out there. Look what we did. Especially on our side of the country, where we all identify with that conference. And I would imagine even really anywhere, it's identifiable
0: enough. But if you're recruiting California and Arizona kids... It can have an impact on a Texas kid, but it'll really hit home with the California and Arizona kids. And come play in the Big 12. who are we kidding? Utah kids. you can be recruiting head-to-head with them here. Yeah. Scotty, you never hear Notre Dame claiming ACC champions. You sound needy, Zoobs. (laughs) Uh, Anybody want to remind Scotty what happened in the ACC title game last year? Yeah, they were. Clemson worked Notre Dame.
2: They were literally in because of the unusual circumstances. Uh, But never compare anything to Notre Dame.
0: Clemson. Clemson won big. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Riley Jensen, top of the hour. Get his pick on the Utah-Oregon game. Who's going to win the Pac-12 title game? We will talk with Riley about that. And the Aggies in San Diego State, who's going to win the Mountain West Conference title game? Riley's coming up at 8 o'clock. DJ and PK, Kyle Whittingham will be here at 8.30. Stay with us.
5: This is Hanson Scotty.
0: Let's do it. I want to see BYU
8: face somebody that is really going to put him to the challenge.
5: Hell, throw him in the Rose Bowl with Utah. Let's go round oh. two on this bad boy. Could you imagine? People are going to be so... Oh, I know. At Scotty G. No, don't get the Twitter account. <laughs> okay, obviously it's never going to happen. I just think
4: it'd be funny for Utah fans finally get to the Rose Bowl and they look across the field and there's Kalani Sataki with a smile on
8: his face like, yeah, we're good guys. <laughs> hey, hey, did you see that parade? It was really cool. <laughs> did you see the gifts they gave us? This is incredible. Can you believe this payday? We're all going to be rich. Oh, you have to share your bowl purse?
4: Oh, oh yeah, we get all of it. Okay. No, that, uh, I'm That I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
5: What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLsports.com. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280
0: The Zone. Join Hans and Scotty Friday at the warehouse from noon to 3. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Oh my gosh, boom! All right, so to finish up that bowl discussion deep down, you just don't care if they go to the Independence Bowl or if they go to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I mean, obviously, if they get offered wait, wait. a shot at a New Year's Six Bowl, then they care. all in. Where is the Guaranteed Rate Bowl? It is in Phoenix at Chase Field, and suddenly you're asking me to consider if you would like to gravy train a trip to Arizona in December. <laughs> so I don't care? You so nuts? your advice to BYU would be lobby furiously for the guaranteed rate bowl. I would think the guaranteed rate bowl which
2: is that used to be the Insight Bowl or whatever the dot com bowl yeah, it's had different things yeah. But yeah that's I would think it would be the other way around. If I were them I would lobby
0: hard for BYU. I wouldn't I'm looking BYU at a projection now that lobby. says I'm looking at a projection now that says Texas Tech and Ball State Oh, so if you're, and that's a projection, I have no idea, uh, but if you're ESPN and you have a relationship with BYU, I mean, you, if you're Tom Holman, you can't pick up the phone and order ESPN what to do. But guys, if you can help us out, we are more they don't, they don't than need willing. to be helped out. If I'm the guaranteed rate bull. I'm begging
2: ESPN. Yeah, that's where it is. If I'm Tom, I'm going down to St. George and playing golf. <laughs> I don't have to schedule anymore. That's taken care of well, he's gotta unschedule. Oh, I have just reschedule yeah a few. he's gotta he's yeah. gotta he's gotta break deals, yeah, but he's got all
0: sorts of time to do that <laughs> he said, actually he doesn't He said it's gotta be done now because you gotta allow those schools a chance to make up the date
2: uh, but a lot of those uh, are written into the contract if they got in that they mm. would be able to get out, so they're not gonna be Yeah, he's gotta choose which financial ones to penalties here. And I know he's probably going to be at the BYU basketball game tonight. I'm just joking uh, because they've got a program on the rise for sure and their women's teams kicking butt too. And but it's more to the advantage of the guaranteed rate folks. And a guarantee. I'm going to put a guaranteed rate on that. Somebody that they would rather a BYU. Well, somebody on that committee is latter-day saint or
0: certainly all of the committee Understands Latter Day B- Saint folks and BYU's going to put butts in, in seats in, in a the way, Phoenix Texas, area. Yeah, in a way, Texas Tech and Ball State are They've not. They've got three Latter Day Saint temples in that community now. So
2: bring the Cougar fans out to the ballpark. They've got one right off the 202 and Gilbert area. They got the old Mesa one that's been there forever, and then they got one North Phoenix. It's right across the street, literally right across the street from a golf course. The, it's the 500 Club, they call it. I mean, it is like Pinnacle Peak Road. Literally, you could hit a nine iron off the statue.
0: <laughs> Security will be out shortly after that.
2: <laughs> and the people, when you're, you know, a marshal will drive around. Do you like our new clubhouse? You know, they'll joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because obviously, you know, it's not a clubhouse. You know, it's clearly beautiful edifices and all that stuff. But yeah, the point is, there's so many folks. I don't know what the, the attendance record is for that, but they'd shatter it. I mean, Ball State and and Texas Tech, you lost your coach,
0: you fired your coach, your interim coach is taking off, and then you hired another guy. Yeah, that's a December 28 bowl, so that's going to mess up the, uh, the staff's Christmas plans because the Independence Bowl, as we have discussed, is on the early side. It's in the old Las Vegas Bowl time slot. Right, but... It's far enough after Christmas that you don't have to be down there Christmas Day. It's not like going to the Motor City Bowl and playing yeah. on December 26th. Yeah. That was less than ideal. Right. <laughs> right. So I think
2: you could probably leave that night of Christmas or the next day and still have plenty. Of, I, I think. I don't know that. I wouldn't think you'd have to be down there for
0: Christmas. I'm not sure. I wouldn't think the bowl people want oh. you down there for Christmas. Yeah. you think they want their Christmas, too. Yeah. To me... Worst case scenario, you do your Christmas morning and, thing and you fly in on a charter Christmas night. Exactly, case precisely,
2: precisely. that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Yes, and fans,
2: they can go down on the 26th just as easily. So you can do all that stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a no-brainer for the Cougars uh, if they can find a way to get it done. But I would think if I'm the guaranteed rate thing or whatever it's called, I'm begging. If ESPN has that much influence, I'm begging them to uh, send us the Cougars. Are you kidding me? That That's an extra... Uh, and who would they
0: play? Which game are you, what are you the talking The Guaranteed Bowl or whatever it's called. Big 12 or Big 10. That's why Texas Tech was in there. Uh, that's plenty good enough. Penn Pen State's a possibility. Well, Penn Purdue. State's a brand name. Been a brand name forever. Depends. All of this depends on, you know, how many teams you get in a New Year's Six. And the Big 10 could get three, I would think. I would expect them to. Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And then if Iowa pulls the upset, maybe Michigan State doesn't get in, but then Iowa would. Right, right. Because Iowa would go Rose Bowl if they win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But right now, Michigan to a playoff game, Ohio State to the Rose Bowl, and then Michigan State to whatever bowl, however Mm. that fits in. If I'm the Cougars and I
2: try to, if I'm Tom and his folks, I try to maneuver that game too. You
0: recruit in Arizona, you got fans and boosters in Arizona, or you go plant the flag in some place where you don't play very often. Nah. Not if I got a chance to do this.
2: I I don't know that it matters for the team because you're going to have to play a football game either way. But I think for your fan base and all, clearly they would want that. And the folks who run the bowl, clearly they would want you.
0: All right, DJPK, it's 97-5 and 1280 the zone. Phoenix, Arizona, or Shreveport, Louisiana. Discuss amongst yourselves. Coming up next, we're gonna discuss the Pac-12 title game and the Mountain West Conference title game. Riley Jensen, our college football insider. Who's going to win the conference title games? Riley's up at 8. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach at 8.30. Dylan Colley, the former BYU wide receiver, at 9. Right here on The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. David Nelson, UD fan. He's got the line of the morning, PK. David Nelson? As a Utah fan, I'm fine with BYU. Silly. We're the Pac-12 South champs. It's not like they're going to tout being winless in the conference they're going into. What does that mean? Oh, they went they 0-1 did. against Baylor. So 0-1 oh, okay, against gotcha, the Big gotcha, 12.
2: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha,
0: Yeah, but that's only 0-1. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's a good line out of David. But, it,
2: but the point being, if they beat Baylor, they were not going to tout themselves as the Big 12 champs. because it was only No, they weren't, game. but
0: they would have taken a lot of uh, encouragement. Now you can do your accent. Full Form of, of encouragement. encouragement. <laughs> from, uh, from beating one of the top two teams, and Baylor's in the Commerce title game. Yeah, we beat a team that's in the Commerce right, title Right, but if We're you right. had to
2: have one loss, BYU fans... They're glad it wasn't and, against a, yes. a Pac-12 team. And I can give you six teams to choose from, which one you're
0: choosing. You're choosing Baylor. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain's giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Riley, good morning. What's up, dudes? College football championship games, and we got two teams playing in them. Utes and the Ducks Friday night in Vegas, your Aggies, and the Aztecs Saturday afternoon in Carson. I'm curious, which game, you know we're going to ask you to pick winners in both of them, which game do you have more confidence in your pick? Where are you looking thinking, I really know what's going to go down in this game? Ooh,
9: that's a, that's a really good question. I, I So it's very if long
2: just, too just
9: trusting my <laughs> trusting my gut or knowing exactly what i'm going to see i feel like i i feel like i can predict the utah game a little bit easier than i can the utah state san diego state game mm. um, there's just there's there's a couple of just unknowns with utah state depending on like you know how they play how they throw the ball against this defense and some of those sort of things but i feel like i feel like the oregon utah game will not be a blowout like it was the first time it's going to be a very close game and it's going to come down to the discipline in the special teams and in the run game which i i still think that favors the utes but i think it'll be a much closer uh, opportunity this 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 friday
2: man i disagree completely riley which That's okay. I, which Go I'm, ahead. Which I'm
0: prone to do. I, I, right. I don't. You're, right. you're going to cite Blake Anderson in interviews with us every week. He's told us what the weakness of his team is. Yeah, I think was... Santa State's going to roll,
2: <laughs> and I'm not sure what's going to happen with Oregon because I agree with you in that I'm sh- I would be shocked if it is such a one sided domination either way. Uh, I mean, I was because I was shocked that it was such a one-sided domination two weeks ago in Rice Eccles. So I don't predict that, but Oregon is a wild card to me. How do you beat Ohio State and lose to Stanford and then get destroyed and embarrassed by Utah? They're all over the map. Where I have to think that San Diego State has been really good all season.
6: Okay, so look,
9: here's the thing. First of all, now I just got to get this off my chest. Go ahead. Either either Blake Anderson is the best coach in the history of the Mountain West Conference because he only had four players named a first and second team, or Utah State got gypped on how many players should have been actually like you know in the all conference conversation, and I think the hard part about this game when when you're thinking about Utah State is I think we're all thinking about them at the first of the year
2: I'm thinking about them against with Wyoming the
9: <laughs> with the exception of, of the Wyoming game, which I can't. Okay. It's almost a bit like Oregon. They're a little bit of they're a little bit of a wild card, right? And so if they play well, and if they if they in every game this year, they have played very good football. And it's time for us to stop looking at them as like this little team with a nice little program up there, because they're in this championship game for a reason. They're in this game for a reason, and they're not going to get rolled on Saturday. Ooh. I totally disagree. With that. Well. I totally disagree.
2: Utah with that. is in the championship game for a reason and San Diego State
9: dominated them at
2: the line of scrimmage.
9: I can't yeah, get that past that. that was early in the year though. That was early in the year. That was without the quarterback in the second half of the game when they had their quarterback when Cam Rising came in. It was a much different story and Utah was 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 still trying to figure out who they were at the first of the season. And I think, you know, if it was the first of the season, I would totally agree with you on San Diego State and Utah State. But, my goodness, like, like when are we going to start looking at at this team as a really good team? We all thought that Matt Wells had really good teams. They never won the Mountain West Mountain Division. They've never uh, won won it one time. They won it one time, right? And and, and so you start talking about this team. What Blake Anderson has done has been absolutely unreal. Sure, There's it has. they to have a game plan for this game, and I don't think, I don't think that San Diego State is that dominant. I know Ooh. they're eleven and one. I know they're ranked in the top twenty-five. I know all those things. I don't think this is going to be a blowout.
2: I'm not saying it's going to be a blow. Well, I maybe, maybe I did. I said rolled. So you didn't say they Okay, were okay roll. I, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back.
9: You said they were going to roll. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You got me fired up. You can't
2: say I'm going to roll. And then say, well, I didn't say they were going to roll. I backed off of that. I'm not perfect. Back down. I There's only two people on the face of the earth who are perfect. John Stockton and we know the other guy. So, come on. (laughs) I backed off of that. All right?
9: John Stockton. Ask my brother about that. But, come,
2: come on. Will, Utah needed time to develop and... Utah State needed time to develop, but San Diego State was a finished product by the second game. I agree. <laughs> Maybe
9: they're tired of being good. Maybe they're tired of being good. Maybe Come on. Utah good.
2: State won the division because they didn't have to play San Diego State in a regular season. And, okay. and boys, he did. Come so on. That happened. Yeah. So that happened. But I, that's you taking know? nothing away. Blake Anderson, I thought he got gypped on You're the coach of the year. To take
9: it away. No, I'm not. trying to take it away. No, I'm not. He did. He, he, he totally, I mean, he must be the best coach ever. San Diego State has seven guys on the first team, and Utah State has four guys on first and second team. Give me a freaking break. What's going on with the Mountain West Conference? You know there's something going on there. They've never really accepted them. It's just like living in the state of Utah, being in the Mountain West Conference. They treat us like this nice little kid. They try and pat us on the forehead, and I'm freaking tired of it. I'm freaking tired of it. They're playing good football, and stop acting like this isn't a good team. This just going to get rolled by Suck Dog State. I'm pissed <laughs> off right now.
0: That was unnecessarily personal. But thank you for not bringing up Cal Poly S.O.L. I mean, seriously.
9: I mean, seriously. Like, are we just going to pat us on the head every time? You know, last time I checked, we strap it up and we play good football and we throw the ball around and nobody stopped Tompkins yet. Nobody stopped him. And I got a freaking six foot, two hundred and thirty quarterback throwing for thirty two hundred yards and thirty-two touchdowns, and he can't get all conference. Give me a freaking break. He's a first team all whacker. So here's here's the deal. Yeah, you got me fired up, and I'm not trying to be personal, DJ. But come on, man. It's too late. Hey, come on. It's too you late. It's, to
0: very it's very All personal.
9: It's very personal. Own it. Run. Own it the
0: way PK owned my the work here is trauma. done. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Your coach, the underrated and underappreciated Blake Anderson, comes on our show every week and at least three times, possibly four or five. Said, if we can get people in space, we can do some things. But, paraphrasing, they do get pushed around. They're not big enough. Sometimes teams are just too physical for them. San Diego State has zero imagination on offense. They're going to hand off. Then they're going to hand off. Then they're going to hand off again. They're going, run, they're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to run some more. They're looking to push you around and bully you and impose their will upon you. And occasionally, right. just to mix it up, to and remind people that don't. the forward pass is legal, yes. they will throw the ball, and then they'll go back to running it. So Blake yeah. Anderson is worried about like that. playing Air Force. It's like playing a Air little, Force. Uh, actually, a little them. bit. Actually, a little bit. And So get the, ahead of them. They the game ahead of Air Force. They outscored Air Force. They right. played really well against a team like that. Boise State was up by 13 and gave up 24 and answered and lost. So even that might not work. But Fresno State beat the Aztecs by throwing for over 300 yards. You can throw the ball on the Aztecs, and perhaps the Aggie passing attack can match what San Diego State's going to do in the run game. But it's hard to believe San Diego State yeah. isn't going to run the ball. No,
9: I I, I Listen, I didn't, say, I didn't say that San Diego State wasn't going to win, but I, I really think Utah State will stand toe-to-toe with these guys. It's going to be a close game, and it'll be one of those games where, at the end, either San Diego State scores a touchdown to go up 14, or Utah State comes through with like a three-point win on a last-second drive and wins this thing. But it's not going to be nearly – I mean, they're not going to get rolled. This, is, this team is good. They're not in this game because they're terrible. And you've let Blake Anderson week in and week out give you the biggest, biggest Lou Holtz impression, like we're not very good at this, and we don't do that. And meanwhile, they're 9-3. and three. They're 9-3. and three. What are like they? Every single team is better than them, right?
0: <laughs> no. We never said no, that. Nobody, got, nobody believes New Mexico time. and New Mexico State. Oh. And South Dakota State are better than Utah State. Vegas. stop at that. And Vegas. Thank you. There were some gimmies built into that schedule. Now, as far as the yeah, Utes, the, the, as far at the as the, the Utes. Of the
9: season, at the beginning of the season, you wouldn't have said that to me. You wouldn't have said that.
0: No, nah, okay, fine. I'll give you that. that so a wait a minute. Season. At the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said Utah State is better than New Mexico State. I would, too, have said that. Okay, okay, so you New went Mexico to won, said, though. and South UNLV. you wouldn't have said New Mexico. Okay, yeah, fine. You wouldn't have said but New you, Mexico Why UNLV? not? I called one game because last you, year. They won one game. They pushed you, New Mexico all over you, the field. New Mexico's terrible. You, you wouldn't have said they <laughs> would have won the division. Not, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not, just, not I thought just six you. wins would have been a great year. I would have signed off not on six and taken it. True.
9: Not just you, but all of us thought like four wins would be about what we thought. Three wins would be like about what we thought. Uh, no, now you Five or six. This is a good team. No, five or six, you just said, would have been a good year. I'm talking about what we thought they would be compared to what they are now. They're much better. Yeah, much better. They're a good team, and they're going to play well this weekend. Okay.
0: I'm still home with San Diego State. The point (laughs) you brought up about the Utes I think is worth underlining here, that at the start of the year, that defensive line, which Kyle said, hey, they had an injury to an experienced guy. Actually, maybe they had more than one. I can't remember. But the point is he had to play young guys who weren't ready for the level of physicality. And they got pushed around by BYU and they did get pushed around by San Diego State and the offensive line was still blowing assignments and letting guys run untouched and unimpeded into the backfield. But that was then, this is now. Is there any reason to think that the Oregon offensive line and defensive line are going to be much better than they were against the Ud O-line and D-line 2 weeks ago? Not to the point that you're giving up, you know, punt punt returns and big plays and you know it's gonna be over at halftime. Nobody's saying that. But if the U offensive line is better and the defensive line is better, at some point they will take control of the game and they will win it. So is there any reason to think the Utes are gonna lose at the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball?
9: I d I don't think so. I don't I don't think enough changes in two weeks and I don't think I don't think I think that game two weeks ago sent a real message to Oregon it's going to make them feel like they have to play perfect to beat the Utes. And that's, that. you know, the, the closer you come to thinking that you have to play perfectly, the, the, the more it evades you, right? And so I think this team, I think that that did some psychological damage to Oregon. I think the game will be closer because I think they'll play better. I don't think they'll give up a special teams touchdown. I don't think they'll do some of those things, right? So it'll be a little closer. But I do think that the Utes wear them down at the line of scrimmage and look, this is the time of year where we have to, where you have to consider those things, and that's why your argument about San Diego State is, as much as I was emotional about my Aggies, it's very well taken. That when you can win the line of scrimmage, when it comes to like conference championships, when you can win the conference, when when it comes to like playoff type football or bowl game type football, I mean those teams generally win, in, you know, and 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 I just don't see what. Oregon can do in two weeks to really change that. I mean, they can scheme some things. They can try some different things. But Morgan Scalley is a very, very good defensive coordinator. He's going to have a couple of wrinkles for them that they're going to have to adjust to. And I just think offensively, the youths are just – they're really hard to stop with that run game. And then with Cam Rising, I think the most impressive thing about Cam Rising to me is this, this ability to just take what the defense gives him and not try to be something that he's not. Now, he is a lot of things. He's a quarterback that can throw. He's a quarterback that can run. But oftentimes when you have a quarterback that can run, he gets confused sometimes because he's trying to prove that he can run or he's trying to prove that he can pass. But he doesn't have that sort of an ego where he's like, well, i got to show people I can run or i got to show people that I can throw. He just says, oh, okay, there's no pressure here. I'm going to throw the ball downfield. Okay, there's a little bit of pressure here. I didn't get to my second read. I'm going to go ahead and beat you with my feet. And because of that natural flow, that organic quarterback play from him, I think he becomes tremendously difficult to stop. And I just don't see how Oregon's going to be able to stop him from moving the ball because he really just takes what the defense gives him. And you have to give up either the run or the pass with Cam Rising, and he'll take what, what, you're, what, you're, what you're giving him. And I, I just love the way he plays. I, I it's like, you know, I, I I think it was DJ all year you've been saying that he has swagger, right?
6: That's PK. <laughs>
9: <laughs> but good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was DJ all year has been saying that he has swagger and so anyway, somebody one of you guys called it early in the year. He does. He has some swagger and it's and it's uh it's a non-ego swagger. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm just out here to play football, and I'm, I don't have to prove to you that I have a big arm. I don't have to prove to you that I can run. I'm just going to throw it where you aren't, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run where you aren't, and I'm going to win ball games for the University of Utah. And I, I really like the way he plays quarterback.
2: Well said. I just view him as a playmaker. And whatever the play requires, seems like he's going to do it. Are you, and
9: he, are you copying what, what DJ said all year? I don't understand. Was it you or was
2: it DJ that said this? I think you're piling on the San Diego State guy right now.
0: And I don't
9: mind it.
2: (laughs) But you still have identified
0: what's going
9: on.
2: Yes. I I, I bought it for a second, got to admit. But then when he went on, I realized what he was doing. And it was rather expert that he was doing. The guy's got a future in radio, that's for sure. And Uh, and a past, as it turns out. A very good past. (laughs) Yeah, he left on top. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I do think the Utes are going to win, but I yeah. can't figure out Oregon. I've been able to figure out the Utes. I, didn't, I couldn't figure out why in the world they didn't go with rising in the beginning, and I said it way before – uh, he actually got the job, uh, and I got one right. Good for me. So, uh, so why can't you figure out Oregon? Because they're all over the map. How do you lose to Stanford Now, I realize that you know it was a close game, and and your coordinator wasn't there? Uh, but the, come on, Stanford but, is atrocious. But it's, the,
0: it's the king. But this conference is the king of the one offs. Why did the Utes lose to Oregon State? Why did the Ducks lose to Stanford? Because there's one. And, unpredictable but I can't figure.
2: But I can't. Doesn't mean I can figure it out. <sighs>
0: Okay, but the
2: but the Ohio and State beat game Ohio
0: State? because you because you can run the ball and you are a physical team, but and you that's couldn't run Ohio it against State's State's the Utes. problem.
2: And then Oregon State, or Utah ran it big time against Oregon. Oregon State runs the ball really well, but Oregon State couldn't run it against Oregon last week. So they're all over the place for me. I can't get
0: a handle on them. I don't think they're going to win, but I think we all think that it's going to be a much closer game. It almost has to be. There's so few games that are over at halftime. And that was one of the games that was over at halftime. Just like it was uh, maybe uh, not as much
2: when they played in the title game a couple years ago. Uh, The the bottom line is I don't believe in Oregon's offense, so I'm going with Utah. Can we
9: just... Like, listen. I love this argument, and I think this is great. But can we just take a minute to like think about how cool it will be if the University of Utah is playing in the Rose Bowl? If you, on Saturday morning, if you're a Utah fan and you wake up and you're trying to make plans for the Rose Bowl, what a, what a great feeling and what a great yeah,
2: accomplishment! Yeah. Well, if you're a Ute fan and you wake up and they win, the first thing you're going to do is look for some medication. <laughs>
0: It's Vegas. If they win, there'll be some Utah fans barely going to bed when the sun goes comes up. It's a 24-hour town built for a 24-hour celebration. Oh, I'm going to go nuts. Maybe just, Again.
9: Maybe they'll just stay up all night and then yeah. buy their tickets.
2: The amount of ginger ale that I'm going to inhale. Oh.
9: <laughs> I just think it's kind of a cool thing. I think it's a cool thing for the state of Utah. I mean, look, that will make what three of the four major bowls in 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 in, in you know in Utah's career. So that you got the Fiesta Bowl, you got the Sugar Bowl, if they go to the Rose Bowl. What do we have? Just the Orange Bowl and a playoff that's left? I mean they're they're knocking down pins. Yeah. They're knocking down pins.
0: One by one. So, Riley I, I has get, as always I we cool appreciate pins.
9: it. Thanks, man. I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. All right.
0: There's Riley Jensen. Bring in the passion. When we come back, Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, he's coming up. Dylan Cauley, former BYU receiver at 9, but Kyle Whittingham is coming up next. Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell. Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet holiday sale in Draper next to Cowabunga Bay. 12101 Factory Outlet Drive. That's 121st South. Factory Outlet Drive. DJ and PK, it's 975 at 1280 the zone.
5: This is Hanson Scotty? Let's do it. I want to see BYU
8: face somebody that is really going to put them to the challenge.
5: Hell, throw them in the Rose Bowl with Utah. Let's go round oh. two on this bad boy. Could you imagine? People are going to be so... Oh, I know. At Scotty G. No, don't get the Twitter account. <laughs> okay, obviously it's never going to happen. I just
4: think it'd be funny for Utah fans finally get to the Rose Bowl and they look across the field and there's Kalani Sataki with a smile
8: on his face like, yeah, we're good you guys. <laughs> hey, hey, did you see that parade? It was really cool. <laughs> did you see the gifts they gave us? This is incredible. Can you believe this payday? We're all going to be rich. Oh, you have to share your bowl purse?
4: Oh, oh yeah, we get all of it. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
5: What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and
0: 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by the head coach of the Utes, Kyle Whittingham, headed back to the conference title game for the third time in four years. Kyle, good morning.
8: Good morning, guys. How you doing?
0: Doing well. You know, the first time I think congratulations would be in order because you're achieving something new and it's accomplishment, it's hard work and you get there. But I'm wondering if you even want that the third time or the real prizes in front of you. Does it feel different the third time?
8: Well, first of all, I'm proud of our guys for being able to uh, win the South, which is obviously the first step uh, to get into that championship game, and without that, you, you know, you can't do it. So, so I thought our guys did a great job this year of, of uh, fighting through uh, a lot of tough situations, and uh, you know, we're, we're there for the third time, as you mentioned, and and uh, we fell short the first two, and you know, our goal from the onset this season has been the, was to win the Pac-12 title, and so now we've got an opportunity to do that, and so. Uh, uh, you know we're, we're excited to be there but the uh, you know we have unfinished business right now and so our our objective obviously is to try to go get that trophy
2: like what you said on Monday when you said that uh, you know we made a bunch of plays in the first game a couple weeks back and none of them mean squat going into this game and obviously they don't and we all expect Oregon to put on a better effort because clearly you guys just totally dominated them I'm wondering, as you scout somebody in the regular season, you've got a whole body of work that you look for up until that point. Now, as you scout them again, what goes into it as far as what you're looking for? One of the things that impressed me the most was their run defense against Oregon State, which has a great running attack, because they basically shut it down. How do you scout them the second time?
8: Yeah. Well, first of all, there's not a lot of change. Obviously, they've had, uh, you know, we put uh, our game and the Oregon State game into the uh, breakdown. Whereas, you know, prior to that, we didn't. uh, You know, we just did the previous games of the season. So, so there's not a lot of uh, change, and there won't be a lot of change on our part. I mean, you know, at this point in the year, you are. Uh, the team that you've been all season long and and uh at this point it's more of a, a subtle chess match i guess you could say you know based on what we did in the first game but based on what they did in the se- in the first game uh what what modifications what what tweaks what minor changes are you going to make uh you know based on the scheme you used the first time around and so that's really the the key is just to have subtle changes but uh, the nuts and bolts and the basic schematics uh, don't change much because you know that's just uh, A compilation of what you studied for uh, what eight, nine game season. And so, uh, but there will be changes, and and, uh, you know, we'll see who's able to, uh, you know, make those changes uh, the best.
0: We've seen it out of your team this year, we've seen it out of other teams this year and and in previous seasons where a team isn't good at something and then they, they, they figure it out and they get it, and going forward, it's just different. So I'm wondering, did Oregon figure something out in their passing game because they threw the ball a lot better against Oregon State? Or is that a one-off, the other team makes mistakes, you recognize them and capitalize on them, but it doesn't mean anything down the road?
8: Well... their quarterback Anthony Brown had a terrific game against Oregon State. There's no doubt about it. He was 23 of 28, which is you know over 80 percent. He had a bunch of yards. I think it was 275 yards, uh, a couple touchdowns, no interceptions. But but he's been good all year long. I mean, you look at his completion percentage all year long, and it's near 65 percent, uh, 15 to four touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, so he's he's done a nice job for him. He he wasn't as sharp the night we played him, and, and a lot of that's due to you know Coach Scully's schemes and, and the disguises. We used and things that we did to try to disrupt things, but but uh, they're a good football team, and, and uh, statistically, there's a lot of similarities offensively between the two teams. You know, our numbers are very similar as far as points per game, yards per game, uh, you know, both rush and throw, and so there's a lot of uh, common ground there. But uh, you know, they just uh, happen to play exceptionally well against Oregon State, and and uh, you know that's what got them into this game. One of the
2: things that really, really impresses me with Cam rising, he's got a ton of poison composure, and you're big on third down conversions, get off the field, stay on the field, whichever side of the ball that you're uh, on, is his ability, like third and medium, third and long, where it looks like it's a passing play, he's back there, somehow he scrambles he's not Mike Vick Steve Young but it's like first down almost all the time he did it early in the Oregon game might have been on the first drive twice to extend drives that end up in touchdowns I've really been impressed with his ability to pick up that first down as a coaching staff how do you and Andy teach
8: that well, first of all, the majority of it's just instinct and, and overall athletic ability. And, and Cam, I can tell you right now, is a lot faster than uh, than what people think. And and uh, he's a guy you saw him outrun the uh, the Thibodeau kid on the on the scramble you were talking about early in the game. And and he's done that all year long for us, as far as moving the change in, in critical situations and and uh, making big first downs for us and, and getting out of jams. And and that's really what you you know a quarterback that can do that is invaluable. And that's you know you don't have to have a tr- a true dual threat. Quarterback. Quarterback, but if you have got a guy that can extend the play and and, get, and has great pocket presence and can get himself out of out of uh, situations and avoid sacks and turn those what would be a sack into a, a first down, I mean that that can make all the difference in the world in the game. And Cam's done that for us all season long, as you mentioned, and that that's something that uh, is just in his skill set and when something that makes him a an outstanding quarterback.
0: Nick Ford had a hilarious bite earlier this year where he told us that when he first saw Cam run, he didn't realize how, how fast he was. What he realized was that he ran funny. And Nick said it much much more entertaining than I just did, but it's hilarious the way he said it. And I'm curious, you know, there's some guys, you just see them and, and they look fast. But there are other guys who are fast, and I've actually heard other players say, I'm as fast as I need to be. That guy's not catching me. How do, you, how do you judge that on film or in person and know you're getting that? Or how often are you surprised when you realize, wow, we wanted him and we recruited him and we still didn't know what we had?
8: yeah well first of all there is a, oftentimes a difference between game speed and and what a kid runs a forty yard dash in some some guys just play faster than their forty yard time and that's that's a common you know whatever position you play but uh cam uh you know he doesn't look funny running the me I mean, he he looks pretty athletic and and uh you know he's got a a great sense of uh uh angles spatial awareness i guess you could say where he knows how to how to uh Just run and split color is the the term you use on offense. You don't run away from color; you split color when you're running the football. And and he has that uh, ability to do that. And and like I said, he's made gosh uh, at least a dozen and probably several more big first downs for us this year to keep drives alive. And and uh, that's uh, you know you just don't want to this day and age of football you don't want a statue back there. You can't you can unless you're better at every other position the other ten positions. You better have a quarterback to move around a little bit.
2: One of the hallmarks, if not the hallmark, of your program for so many years is consistency. We know exactly, all of us now, since we've listened to you all this time, we know what you're going to say to virtually every question and what your answer is going to be, and we know if somebody says, oh, it's a big game, are you going to do anything different? No! You practically shout at them, you know, we do the same thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've gotten it drilled in my head, you know, the uh, most important stat out of the final score is the turnover margin, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you're just a model of consistency for many, many years, and it's worked so well. Well, here's one thing that hasn't been consistent this year, and I can't figure it out, and that's your special teams. It's like it's been all over the map. Uh, What am I going to expect Friday night? (laughs)
8: Yeah, you're, well, you're exactly right. You're 100% right. We've had uh, some major breakdowns in special teams and really with our coverage units. You know, it's been the kickoff coverage and the punt coverage. Uh, punt return has been rock solid all year long. In fact, I believe Britt has more yards amassed in the punt return game than anybody in the country. And uh, kickoff return, when we have uh, got returns underway, they've been pretty decent. Now, on kickoff return with the rule... Being that you get the ball at the 25, it's really your starting position after kickoff that uh, that really matters, not uh, not your kickoff return average. And so our starting position after uh, you know when, when teams kickoff to us is pretty good. It's it's uh, you know it's in the upper half of the of the uh, nation. And then uh, you look at the coverage units, and they've been uh, just abysmal. I mean, we've allow- allowed three uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns, which is uh, you know I, I I don't think that's ever happened to us here. And then uh, three block punts and so we've certainly had our struggles um you know we've worked hard at it, and, and I think our kickoff return or our kickoff coverage unit was making good progress since the uh, you know since we gave up the the early touchdowns, it had gotten better each week until last week when we uh, let that one out the gate, and that one was actually covered pretty darn good. We had three guys that had a chance to tackle the guy, we just missed them all, missed the tackles, and and uh, he went the distance. And then punt, uh, you know, we haven't punted a lot this year, which is a positive. We had we've probably punted less this year than we have in you know uh, many previous years, but but. Uh, We had some breakdowns in protection early on, and and we weren't quite as quick getting the ball out as we needed to. And so we've uh, we've worked hard at that as well. But but you're right. You know, there really is uh, you know special teams has been a very inconsistent part of our game, and and where it's usually a strength of ours just hasn't been the case this year.
6: Well,
0: coach, we appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for talking a little football, and good luck in the Pac-12 title game. Obviously, we will all be watching. Okay, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kyle Whittingham, Utah football coach, joins us here on the Zone Sports Network. The intriguing rematch with the Ducks, twice in three weeks. I mean, to his point, what can you really change? You can scheme stuff a little differently, call different plays and all that, but you can't really change who you are this late in the year in a span of two weeks. Unless you're getting an injured player back, or you're losing someone to injury. Well, I think Oregon can change dramatically. How well, so? Just by playing better and executing better? Execute, as Tyler Huntley used to say. Yeah. Yeah, for Certainly sure. didn't match the energy level, but you're on the road and the Ute crowd is crazy and the team is pumped up. Oregon's not that bad. Agreed. I think Utah's that good. But I don't think Oregon's But Oregon that bad. brought a C or D game yeah. to the party. And the Utes brought brought their a game you are kicking butt so
2: i have no doubt that they can do the same i can't necessarily count on a punt return like that but they didn't even need that in the final analysis they didn't need that to win no uh so that was just to blow the it thing was, open it was and before yeah, half-time. it was just a beautiful play that we'll remember forever by a kid who's uh mighty might here you know if he was six one, it would be no big deal. <laughs> but the fact that he's such a small dude and he's a local kid, and he's got the name and all that stuff. Everybody loves him. Uh, adds to it. So you got all those things going on. But I expect a much better performance from Oregon. If even if they do the same scheme, I still expect a much
0: better performance. DJ PK, time to bring in Lisa. Lisa, good
10: morning. Hi. How are you?
0: Good. Where you been, Lisa?
10: Well, you know, my heart is really softened towards the U. They've had a lot of tragedy, and I I just can't get my heart in it to troll them. As a matter of (laughs) fact, I was working, and um, this nice older gentleman in brand-new Utah swag came in, and he asked me a question, and I said, I'm sorry, I don't answer Ute fans. And then we ended up having a really nice conversation. As he left, I go, go Utes. And my friend looked over at me and she said, did you really say that? I go, yeah, I feel like I need to hack up a hairball. (laughs) But um, anyway, I've been watching because youth fans new thing is, well, we beat Arizona by this much and we beat, you know, everybody, you know, this much and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people keep saying, yeah, well, you missed one. And it's 26, 17. And here's what I have to say to that. Mm. So I am coming back a little bit. What you fans forget is the nine-year streak that BYU had against them before they had their streak. So there is that. And there's only one team that has an natty. There's only <laughs> one team that has a Heisman Trophy winner. And there's only one team that has two former quarterbacks that are Super Bowl winners. Boom, drop
0: the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lisa, thanks for stirring the pot. You're the best. Boom, <laughs> drop <welcome>. the mic.
10: <laughs> you have a great day.
0: You too. All right, DJPK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up in 15 minutes right here on The Zone
5: for Kyle Whittingham and the Utes. It all comes down to this. It's the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. Vegas. As the Utes look to claim their first ever Pac-12 title, the Zone Sports Network. Network will be in Las Vegas with non nonstop blowout-the-budget coverage of the Utes as they battle Oregon for a spot in the Rose Bowl. Your home for the best coverage of the Utes in the Pac-12 championship game is right, right here on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone the Sports Network. Sports Network.
0: Caller 12 right now wins two tickets to Dirty Honey and Mammoth WVH at the Complex on February 21st, 2022. Don't miss your chance to see Wolfgang Van Halen. this up close and personal environment. Tickets are available at AXS.com. And this event is brought to you by Live Nation. That's Wolfie to you. Wolfie! That's what Valerie calls him. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up next. Just heard from Kyle Whittingham as his youths get ready for the Oregon Ducks. BYU waiting for a bowl assignment, possibly lobbying behind the scenes, trading in the Independence Bowl for a trip to Arizona. And we heard an impassioned defense of the Aggies as they prepare for the Aztecs in the Mountain West Conference championship game from Riley Jensen. Once upon a time, the Aggie of the bleachers. Now in a more prominent role here on The Zone. So, all this football, PK. What would you like to share with the people in the two brief moments we have amidst all these guests? Well, let's not forget Lisa dropping the mic. Yeah, already getting feedback on that. <laughs> we usually do with her. Lisa needs to get a life. <laughs> no, Lisa a needs to move on. Come on, she's a fan. Get out she of. She spends town. her whole life comparing the two teams. Well, Again, yeah. What's the point? And find,
2: well, yeah. But now, now is the point. You got your butt kicked for a decade. If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Now would be a good time. Yes, you waited a long, long time. And we were just talking about this off the air, that it really is amazing, the transformation from just a couple of years ago. And there were some scars there. And Kalani has some scars. And to what degree he's going to hold those scars accountable or hold those scars accountable. In making decisions, if he should make them, I don't know the answer to that. But I know they're there, and I know they're real. And they're absolutely real. Because he took a lot of crap from people around BYU when they were 4-9 and nine, and then the two seven and 7-6s, and they looked like they were extremely mediocre. And then the last two seasons have just been absolutely remarkable. There's no question about it. 100% remarkable. And he's on top of the world now, and he deserves to be. And those guys on that staff deserve to be because they took a lot of crap and some crap that he had to take that uh, maybe is, well, certainly was over the line and certainly would have been uh, directed toward somebody else if they looked differently. We'll leave it at that. So it is incredible what has happened. Utah just continues to roll along. And what Blake Anderson's done is incredible. Their their season already is incredible. I I have a little bit of a f- feeling for the Aggies of happy to be there
0: because their season already is incredible. One and in it's, seven it's done. One and seven to nine and three. Yeah, nothing nothing can wreck it. It can't. At this point, it's how much frosting you're going to put on the game.
2: Unless it's fifty two to nothing or something. Uh, but you know the Aztecs don't normally put it on you like that. They run the ball. The games are too short. Right. Right. Exactly. We know how we know their style of play. And so uh, they were already achieved well beyond. And so, you know, a little bit of happy-to-be-there type of stuff. And Hoke wants to win so he can get the crap out of there and get a P5 job. <laughs> well, he
0: left last time after two years.
2: Maybe he can do it again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's such musical chairs if you have any level. This it's just like an NFL quarterback. If you get one dude who's standing around the sidelines and then throws for 300 yards in one game, boom, everybody wants him. You know,
0: Because <laughs> there's so few of them, and everyone's yeah. desperately seeking. Yeah, Seriously, if you're a backup, and you get, you get a six or eight game run and go 500, you yeah. can get a new deal. Yeah. If the timing's right with your contract. I mean, actually, ask our afternoon host, Scott Mitchell. He got his chance. Marino went down in Achilles. He had a good run and got a deal in Detroit. Great. But there's, like you said, there's not enough quarterbacks for all the teams. So... If you show a hint in college or somewhere else in the pros, someone's going to make a run at you.
2: Yeah. And if Hoke puts together uh, but, I mean, another good season next year like this one, come you know, on, and, and the right I season. get
0: in the moment, everything's the biggest thing ever. But you step back and don't you see like a bunch of. It, it is a huge turnaround from BYU from where they were in 2017, right? They were four and nine. But they were nine and four the year before, seven and six the year after. They played four quarterbacks that year. They replaced the whole offensive staff. You start three quarterbacks and you play four. Nobody cares. Those are details. (laughs) They're pretty important details. Okay, but there's no way I would tell you they would go, uh, what are they, uh, 22, 21, and 3, whatever it is. We rarely pick teams to do stuff like that, so you're right. To have two years like this. But yet, if the Utes would have done it, I wouldn't have batted an eyelash. Uh, Bat an eyelash? No. Come on. No. No. No, I would not. We, you would have said this is phenomenal. It is it's phenomenal, a phenomenal run, but I wouldn't. It, that's two different things. Well, I now that have... Kyle's averaged nine wins since twenty fifteen or whatever it is, yeah, it's not that big a step. No, I mean four You're to eleven my point and then for ten. Me. Yeah, but there's no
2: way I would have thought BYU. Maybe last year under the circumstances, because the schedule was softer. it turns out they weren't winning because the schedule was softer, and now they winning because they had NFL guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. And now, Ronnie just went back to the stats in a press conference. I don't know when it was. It was in the last two weeks. Five guys drafted, eight guys going into camps as free agents. That's a lot of good football players,
2: right? And now you're telling me that uh, it is—it's uh, certainly not schedule related this year. Come on, this is a phenomenal level of achievement, and it needs to be recognized as such. BYU right now is in the best spot they have been. Since John Beck to Max Hall in the Mountain West.
0: And it's a better spot than then. Yes, I was going to say. But that was the most recent good spot. That's the most recent good spot. But the last time they were in this good a spot... I don't know that they ever were. They had a quarterback factory going in the 80s. But everything has changed so dramatically back then. True story. The sport is very different. There's no doubt about that. And they're concerned.
2: They're concerned about the adjustment. And I have been told, if we have to make this adjustment with these resources, these limited resources, that's a major concern. Now, that's from people in the program, man. I'm just telling you what they tell me. Believe it. Don't believe it. I don't care.
0: Okay, but we know that there are people, on multiple people on that staff who know intimately what the youths went through when they tried to make the adjustment. Though so it's not like they're guessing. They've literally done this. And it's deja vu. Because
2: the outgoing staff in 2015-16 said the same thing. How are we supposed to compete with this little of resources? At the Vegas Bowl itself, in their last moments... They were telling me that on the field there at the end of that ballgame.
0: It's real. DJ and PK, when we come back, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joins us next. Where should the Cougars go bowling? How much should they be lobbying? And Dylan, his picks for the conference championship games. We'll talk with him next. Stay with us. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State award winner, Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. I don't hear nothing. Me neither. Yak is looking around very confused Man, I got right now. some serious whacks,
2: but not that bad. Can
0: you guys hear me? Yeah. Dylan, good morning. <laughs> good morning. How are we doing? Doing well. I want you to pick both the Pac-12 and the Mountain West Conference title games, because obviously the Utes and the Aggies, and there's a lot of local interest in those, and I know the Collies are football junkies, so you're following all football all the time. And I will let you go ahead and pick the one that you find the easiest to pick, because you're the most confident in the choice to win the game. Who would that be?
7: Um, I would probably say Utah State in terms of just confidence flat out, right? Which game can I pick and say this is the one I feel best about? Um, definitely the Utah State game. But uh, on the side of that, right, uh, I mean, if we look back at Cam Rising's first game as a starter for the Utah youth, uh, I believe I had said that, you know, the University of Utah was in a great position to run the table and win out. Uh, and they've done that thus far. I would not mind being right again <laughs> and uh, them winning out and winning the Pac 12.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, I can see that as far as that goes. Uh, I, the, the thing that I'm a little bit nervous for Utah because I don't know that they could play better. And I know that Oregon can play a lot better, obviously. The thing that would. Uh, concern me from the Oregon perspective is do I need Utah to repeat that performance in order to beat the Ducks? And my answer is I probably don't. I don't think they need to be that good. So I'm sort of on that plane of thinking that the Utes won't match it, but they probably don't need to match it, but somehow if Oregon can summon its best game of the season, I think they would have a shot too. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of
7: the big things that you know comes into play right in this game is where this game used to be uh, in an environment right in California where there weren't many fans that ever came uh, and an outdoor venue right uh, nice and you're playing indoors against an extremely fast team like the Oregon Ducks and like you're saying right very difficult to sit here and say that Oregon's going to come out and play as poorly as they did last time. So um, I think that's where the lack of confidence is in the flat-out thing. I, I think the Utes are going to win is is you know, those types of uh, circumstances.
0: But the team that dominates the line of scrimmage usually wins the game, so you figure the Utes are going to dominate the line of scrimmage, maybe not as thoroughly and completely as they did the first time, but still plenty enough to win the game.
7: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So can uh, Utah State throw the ball on San Diego State the way the Utes did when they switched quarterbacks and the way Fresno did when they threw for 300 yards and gave the Aztecs their only loss? Or the Aztecs run the ball, dominate the line of scrimmage so they win the game?
7: I think that Utah State's ability to play over the top, right, in a game like a championship environment, um, where Utah State, or San Diego State, San Diego State has obviously an extremely disciplined defense, but they do show a lot of holes consistently, especially when it comes to special teams, right? Um, Especially when it comes to the kind of lack of speed around the perimeter. Whereas because of, you know, Anderson's offense, you're seeing a lot of speed and a lot of gaps on the outside, uh, where that box that's normally so important to San Diego State really doesn't, uh, doesn't become it's a, it's a non-factor.
2: So you were on that BYU team. Was it the second one that went seven and six when you were a senior?
7: Uh, I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm wondering, did you have any inclination of what was about to happen the next two years?
7: Years. Uh, yes, I, I believe in the last four games of the season, my senior year. We saw a huge shift in the way um, in the way that the assistants you know were made up and the way that they played a role in the offense um, you know what we did when Zach first stepped into the role to kind of accommodate the offense to what was going to fit his style of play, right? We went away from the longer play calls, the in-huddle play calls. We went to straight signals. Um, and, you know, there was just a much, much faster uh, offense being played. Um, and I credit that a lot to A-Rod and Festy Sadaki. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of see the culture changing in that way. You knew we had the right guys in the right places, and you knew that Kalani wanted to do what was best for the program on both a player side and a football side. And so I knew coming into it, and we go back to what my experience was personally, right? It's not like I had an outstanding year. Um, but I knew that, you know, if I could come in and make an impact on the culture and uh, help elevate that, then, you know, they'd have the talent for the next few years to be able to, to, to change the tide.
0: So, we've had this uh, big debate, and there's plenty of people wondering what the heck's going to happen with BYU in a bowl game. Uh, BYU planting the flag in a state they rarely go to, Louisiana, playing in the Independence Bowl against 11 1 UTSA, or BYU going back to familiar stomping grounds where there's lots of fans and lots of potential recruits and playing in a game in Arizona. Obviously, you take a New Year's 6 if it falls your way. I don't think it will, but if it does, you grab it. Uh, yeah. what, what would you lobby for? What do you value?
7: Obviously, you want that new Year 6. I, mean, I think that's what everybody wants, right? And that makes the most sense in terms of desires. But um, you know, I think we've talked about this before.
5: You've,
7: you've put your resume out there for the last two years. People know you're legit. People know you're real. Um, and you continue to use this as another year of building and another year to say, okay, what does next season look like? Um, and you can only control so much, right? They don't have a ton of control right now. And so uh, you take what you can, and that's, hey, we have a lot of players that are coming back on both sides of the ball that should be healthy, right? We're not going to go into USC playing with guys that, you know, they play great, but I don't even know the names of. Uh, and so, you know, you look at what the 2022 season is going to bring, and, you know, I don't necessarily like to look ahead but no matter the bowl game uh, it's been a phenomenal season and what's going to come next year is, is going to be game changing
2: I wanted to hit you up on this idea of these coaches leaving like they do and you know we're all for bettering yourself and I don't think anybody's going to hold it against you but particularly in the Brian Kelly situation when you're potentially on the verge of a playoff bid you need a couple things to happen but you know who knows if they happen or don't happen Um, But as far as them, it's it's general not to really pick on anybody, but it's general across the business of them demanding such uh, uh, focus and commitment and then they don't even see the season through. I I just have a little problem with that.
7: Yeah. I mean, um, this is coming from a guy who transferred twice, right? (laughs) Um, The level of you know, and, I, and I even look at the regret that I have, right, and as I sit here three years later and knowing that I did leave BYU once and then came back to BYU after being at Hawaii and loving Hawaii so much, um, you know, the level of commitment that I stood for at that time uh, was probably a little more immature than it was forward-thinking. Um, and I look at what coaches are doing now. I look at what the transfer portal looks like. I mean, the coaches almost seem like they're just following the the scent of the players, right? They just jump and go like it's nobody's business. And for what Brian Kelly did yesterday morning to enter into a a team meeting after your team found out about you leaving schools, right, to require a 7 a.m. team meeting and you go in there for less than two minutes and don't take a single question and leave is, you know, quite possibly one of the most immature and asinine things I've uh, I've heard from a coach. Um, and unfortunately, I think it stands pretty par with the way he handled a lot of things. Um, but you know, these are all these are all still people, right? And and the goal is to chase the bag ultimately. Uh, and if they're going to make more money somewhere else, then chances are they're going to take it um, and so there's a limit to how good of people can be and, and how good the money is and, and in an industry like football it's, it's hard, to, uh, hard to compete with that.
0: So as much as I want to crush Brian Kelly and I definitely do he's not the first coach to leave before a bowl game that bridge has been crossed many times but to leave when the, yep. the playoff is still realistic is shocking. But as much as I want to jump on him, and just to use your words, let's go with immature, I'm seeing coaches fired at multiple big-time schools two years after winning it all and going undefeated. So, if immature is the word, don't we have to apply it to some school presidents at some football powers? Because Auburn's done it. LSU has done it. I might be leaving somebody out. Yeah.
7: No, no, no question. That's what I'm saying. As an industry like football, right, where I think, you know, uh, across the board, understanding the circumstances and understanding what football has writing on it to each and every school, right? Without the football program at the University of Hawaii, right, I, like the school doesn't stand. So you have to understand that, that the, the football team is the most important piece of revenue and in a lot of these hundred and thirty division one football schools football is what matters to their growth right and it's what matters to the president's money and what matters to the president's back and so each of these decisions are going to be based off of business decisions especially when it comes to president you want to talk about just not even uh, I don't even think the maturity applies to it right because it's not even more so a personal decision as much as it is them thinking it's the right business decision. And that's why we only have a certain amount of companies that, you know, are flourishing in the world because people make bad business decisions. And that's the difference between a fortune 500 company and a bottom tier company. And so you look at decisions being made off impulse and thinking, Hey, Oh, this is two years. It hasn't changed. Okay. Well, you're fired. You know, people need time. Coaches need time to come and implement their recruits and their, and their culture and, and help develop uh, environments that are winning environments. And, yeah, sometimes coaches maybe just don't have that ability as head coaches, but ultimately what you're looking at in those types of rash decisions is bad business decisions, <laughs> you know? So that's yeah. a big part of it to me, I think.
2: Uh, Jaron Hall's let it slip a little bit that he's uh, thinking about the NFL at least to one degree or another, and he's got a business decision if he thinks he's an NFL guy. I mean, you made the statement that was very bold at the time coming off, I think, Wilson's freshman year of how good he would be and ended up being right. Uh, Do you think he's an NFL quarterback?
7: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think he is an NFL quarterback. We go back to kind of what the expectation was for Jaron coming into the season. we had this conversation at the beginning of the season. It wasn't that, Hey, Jaron's going to come in and be the same guy that Zach Wilson was, right? Jaron has a very similar potential to what Zach has. The difference is being time, right? Because of the mission. And so Jaron just hasn't hit that potential as fast as Zach did because of that circumstance. And so, you know, Jaron is, is an NFL quarterback, right? He's an NFL talent. Um, me personally, right, for him, I would say, hey, let's wait one more year. Let's continue to develop, right? You know, from a business side, we're not even looking at, hey, let's go take another run at the NY6 Bulls. More so, let's get another shot, you know, physically to kind of reach that potential a little bit closer prior to actually entering into the NFL and, and having teams may feel like it's a risk uh, in terms
0: of time. So NFL quarterback—that's a wide range. Also, you know, there's uh, there's roster mm-hmm. guys, there's trusted backups. I think that's another level. Uh, there's uh, starters. There's team. There's guys who can start. There's guys who can start, and you look and think "Mm, he's starting. They're going to be a playoff team. And then there's the guys who just are perennial Super Bowl contenders and probably Hall of Famers. So there's all those levels. Is it too early to project him into any one of those levels? Because we've seen BYU quarterbacks go to each one of those levels over time.
7: Absolutely. I think it is too early if I had to put a stamp on it and what I would be perfectly happy with, right. Is if you're able to bring Jaron Hall into your program and have him be a, you know, not even a franchise guy. Right. But if you have Jaron Hall in your program, your football team is going to be better for it culturally. Right. The work ethic he's going to he like the, his ability and the effect that he has on other people is like awe inspiring. Right. And so, You know, if he collects a check and collects a bag for six, seven years, uh, and maybe you know, is more of just, hey, I'm here to get better and I'm making this team better. uh, I'd call that a win. Um, But obviously, like I said, he's got the potential to be be an NFL starter. Um, But that's 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 unknown because you don't truly understand what his potential is at this point.
0: Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dylan, we appreciate it, as always. Thanks a lot. See you, fellas. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed. Riley Jensen on the Aggies. Kyle Woodingham joined us to talk about his youths going to the Pac-12 title game. And BYU fans weighing in on the potential bowls and going 5-0 in the Pac-12. We'll get to all of that coming up next, plus a massive game, early season game in the NBA with the Warriors and the Suns squaring off. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, reminding you to visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 at the next Utah Jazz game, where there are free pop shot games, cornhole and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game and socializing with friends. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
5: The new Zone lineup is here up, up, with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hanson Scotty from noon to 3. And then the Zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. Obi Toppin is guarding Durant. Durant gets it right of the lane. Jumper over him. Rattles it home. Kevin Durant's got 20. Jones back to Jackson. Turns, fires a left wing three. Ring it up. Put three on the board. Jaron Jackson caught it, found the spot in the, right in the grooves, and fires it up and in from the left wing. The Lakers
0: with five and a half to play in the quarter. once again attacking. In
4: full-on attack mode, Russell Westbrook. Chioza, the porter, he'll circle to the left. Takes the three, no good, missed it. Chioza, rebound, out to Curry. Three ball on the way, splash!
0: Rebound, DeAndre Ayton gets it out on top. Three-pointer is up. Shazam by Chris Paul. 90 of Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special, or visit them online at leesheatac.com. A lot of highlights from the NBA, obviously the game of the night, the Warriors and the Suns, two best records in the NBA, Suns win their 17th straight game, Steph Curry shot the ball miserably, 4 of 21 from the floor. Now, by the time we get to the playoffs, if these two meet in a conference final, well, Klay Thompson should be back. Devin Booker presumably be back. He left the game in the second quarter. He had an injury. He was on the sideline cheering the guys on, but it had no impact on the second half on the court. And they played like it mattered, PK. I know it was the last day of November, but they know they got the two best records, There were three games. The Suns were three games in front of the Jazz when the night started, and they went after each other there. It was entertaining. Oh, the NBA is just the best, isn't it? I don't know if the NBA is the best, (laughs) but that game was entertaining. If you'd like to extrapolate that times 30 teams, uh, be my guest.
2: Well, I just look at Jay Crowder. He was four of nine from
0: three. Yeah, and he hit a big one late in the game, too.
2: His shooting percentage determines whether they win or not and he had it going on. Good for him.
0: And the Suns get the W. They're now both 18-3. And, and Aiden, 24-11. Pay the man! <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you said, Booker, man. They won by 8. Booker scored 10.
0: Without him, they lose by 2. Yeah, that's exactly how it would have played <laughs> out, PK. You got me.
2: That <laughs> no, was a fun game for November. I watched most of it. I enjoyed it. Guys running up and down the court. Uh, McKee has uh, added a little bit for these guys coming off the bench. He doesn't play much, but he provides energy. Gives them more than what they used to have, especially with Sarge being out. He had, uh, what did he have? Was it the knee, Achilles or something last year, remember? Foot. Uh, went down in, the, in uh, somewhere in the playoffs. And so uh, McKee, McKee, for what they asked him to do, is doing well. So yeah.
8: This
2: is a, both these teams look legit to me, man. I mean, you don't go both of them are 18 and 3. You don't do that without being legit. There's just no way in this. I don't care if you play uh every game at home and play against the Houston every game. And that's that's very impressive.
0: 18 and 3, four games in front of the Jazz now, who are 14 and 7 and don't play again until they get the Celtics on Friday. Last home game in a long stand and then it's off on the road. The pre Christmas trip? That doesn't uh, not ex- happen anymore? Not exactly, no. <laughs> different time, different era, different people calling the shots. It is pre Christmas, but not the way it used to be scheduled. Lakers used a forty to eight run over the Sacramento Kings to flip that game, so they pick up a win. Lakers are the best, aren't they? They really aren't. Lakers are barely over five hundred. You don't think they're the best franchise? Okay. 12 and 11 now. I was going team, not history. If you'd like to go over the decades and all the championships. Well, it's historical. Then it's a different discussion. You told us. Uh, but right now. You said earlier Steph Curry had a historically poor night.
2: Then you downgraded it to one of the historically poor nights.
0: You had me all excited there. Four of 21 is a, is a bad night at the office for Steph Curry. Yeah, but actually it was a great night, the
2: bank account. True story. Deposited a lot, and today's the first day of the month, and he's getting it deposited. Can you imagine that? You get like, what, $350,000, whatever it is, (laughs) deposited.
0: (laughs) There's some story, and now it seems, you know, this was a long time ago, but Oral Hersheiser got like a million-dollar bonus since they walked around the clubhouse with a million-dollar check because it was so freaky, and the guys were just looking at it, and owing and on, and basically a bunch of, you know, 12-year-olds at the Little League field going nuts now i suspect people are getting those kind of checks all the time but yeah how how could that how would that be
2: i consider myself very fortunate especially relative to my parents i'm beyond fortunate but to have that kind of dough coming in on the 1st and 15th cuz jerry sloan man you get paid on the 1st and 15th right we all heard that right so we knew their pay schedules <laughs> and we were on the nba pay schedule for a while so it was the 1st and the 15th and to to get that kind of money, and to have zero financial concern, how could that possibly be?
0: Mm, I don't know what to tell and, you. And then you know what's so amazing
2: <laughs> is they make so much dough, but they get so many perks that they can easily afford with the dough that they make, but they don't have to do it.
0: And they get excited about it. Free shoes. All right. Free round of golf. All right. Yeah, I mean, all these
2: coaches in football and all, they're all wearing the the issued gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at uh, Brian Kelly with a home loan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make a so Lincoln much Riley money. getting yeah. his homes paid for. Yeah, Brian, and then you're getting use it. of a jet. <laughs> hey, Link,
0: I want to go to Hawaii. All right, I'll make a call here. Hold on. <laughs> Get on the jet. <laughs> Are we going first class? Please, we're not with the little people. On a private jet to Hawaii. Yeah, that's just New Zealand. <laughs> and I know these these local coaches
2: don't have private jets, but they have access to them. Sweet. So, hey, you want to go golf in Palm Springs this week? Ah, it's a long drive, no problem. We won't be driving. <laughs> yeah, and they just jet off and do their thing and man, it's just staggering the amount of of uh, money that they make. It's it's it's, it's really incomprehensible a lot of pressure on them and
0: the job stress and all, and they work enormous amount of hours. That's and it can be sure. over in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the one thing I read about Lincoln Riley, the whole list of reasons to jump, and people are downgrading to living in L.A. It's like, well, they can get on a plane and go anywhere they want. Mostly they work inside the football building. They're out on the road recruiting, so then you're not in your hometown. It's like where they live doesn't matter as much as you think It might, because they don't have that much time to quote-unquote live there. Yeah, but I think it matters for the family. Absolutely, there. He's got a
2: wife and two young girls. Mm -hmm. But, you know, L.A. can suck. Else can be beautiful. But if If you you have a lot of money and you you live right by
0: the water, it's a different deal. Yeah, and
2: you don't even necessarily need to
0: live right by the water. I I guess you can go up in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, there's... There's movie stars. I mean, it's not that far away, but it it's is not ancient. right by but the But it's also not very easy to go very far at certain times of day. I know, but you don't have to. Pull mm-hmm. a Kobe and fly a helicopter. <laughs> you don't have to, uh, in that,
2: you know, the, especially the family. But yeah, there's crap involved with it. I mean, the, you're right. To, to get around is, is awfully, awfully difficult.
0: And there are people who don't. I have a college friend who's a lawyer and hit it big and he lives in Pacific Palisades and I was down there and he's like and it was over the 4th of July and he's like we don't go anywhere on the 4th of July you can't get in and oh, out of, of the neighborhood not. it's a mess he says we 100% stay home all day long 4th of July I mean there's the 4th of July is like
2: 250 times though yeah I mean it's there's downside
0: to it and all but I can see why Lincoln Riley would want that gig yes but it's for a lot of the football reasons the money is great. The recruiting base is right in your backyard. The history and the tradition, the facilities, the budget—you know everything dis- you need discount to win. The weather—it's the best in the country. Having I mean, lived in Arizona and watched a lot of players leave,
2: yeah, it, it literally right. is the
0: best in the country. And having watched the Ohio State Michigan game,
2: <laughs> I think that if I had no, if money was no cost, no object, I mean, I would live. Uh, into Palos Verdes Peninsula, Uh, and it it just bask. And there's a couple of country clubs on the peninsula to play golf.
0: And you just wouldn't leave it. You wouldn't deal with the traffic. You wouldn't deal with the freeway. Right. Depending on where you are on that peninsula, it could be half an hour down to the freeway. Oh, for sure. Easily. Yeah. That's where Tiger was going Mm -hmm. on his crash.
2: Uh, So I can see the allure. I can see the allure. And it's going to be fun to follow to see just how good he's going to do. Because these are these are ground-shaking, if that's even a phrase, moves. You know, I can't remember the last time we've had these two. So no one's left Notre Dame to go coach anywhere since like the 1900s, early 1900s. 1908. Yeah. And so to do that and then to go to Oklahoma to SC, man. I mean, every year there's the coaching carousel. That's nothing new. You know, like this Virginia Tech guy. I don't know jack about him. I have no I, They're going to have his press conference today, and in five years they're probably going to have another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, there's so many of them you just kind of roll with, but this you didn't roll with. I mean, they were just eyebrow-raising
0: for sure, I think. But this is what a lot of people, if you talk to administrators, they foresee both in terms of conferences and realignment. We've seen it in coaching. There's been a pecking order. But even inside the top tier – There's going to be a pecking order, and they're going to pick on each other. To this level, we haven't seen it. No, but everybody has thought it was coming. You know, to the level of the Oklahoma-Texas move, have we seen that? Penn State from Independence to the Big Ten? Nebraska has the history and the brand, but they aren't currently on top as they changed leagues and went to the Big Ten. I don't know, they've been down for so long, I don't even view them as anything anymore. Yeah, agreed. And that's why the Oklahoma-Texas move is is seismic. Because Oklahoma's at the top. And they're in the playoff multiple times. are in the top four.
2: Yeah, but I get that. that. That's just totally money-driven. Aren't these coaching moves money-driven? I don't think they're exclusively money-driven, no. Because I think they're already obscenely rich. I think it's more... The money's great, mm-hmm. and you're gonna, and sure, they're gonna keep, they they can command more. So why not do it? If Kelly has
0: a better chance to win the national title. LSU's had three different coaches right. win the national title in a stretch that Notre Dame has not won right. since '88.
2: I mean, there were, there were, the academic right. requirements are different. Let's just call it like yeah. it is. Be real here. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't, I don't think I can't speak for him, but I don't think wow, I'm gonna get this money. I'm in. I don't. You're going to give me this money, I'm going to take it for sure, and I'm going to have my guy negotiate as much as possible. But I think I don't think either of them were money, whereas I think Texas and Oklahoma going were money. And that's great. Fine. Who, I will never
0: tell someone, don't take the money. We had Riley Jensen on, a passionate explanation of why Utah State can beat San Diego State. It comes down to this. Can the Aggies make enough big plays through the air to offset the Aztecs running the ball right at them? Which Blake Anderson has said can be a problem. They've been pushed around at times. I don't see it
2: the plus I think that puts enormous pressure on your offense because San Jose State's going to control the ball. You know, they, your they offense are, they comes in stone cold. Throw it really relative to what the amount of teams, uh, the amount of passes that are thrown today. So when you get the ball. You better take advantage of it. And that that puts a lot of pressure on those guys. I mean, I would love to see them win. It would be fun, but you know, I think they're up against it. And I also think that uh, when they walk off the field Saturday, they're gonna hey we had a really good season. Or if San Diego State walks off the field and loses How do we lose to those guys at home? Yeah. And then on top of it, it's a home game and you got a two hour bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. From Carson back to San Diego. You think you see Los Angeles from Westwood to Pasadena. They're going, hey, guys, shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, San Diego State can throw it a little bit. They do have a good receiver, Jesse Matthews. But it's like you said, they don't throw it very often. And at times, they don't throw it no matter how good the receiver is. It's the bouncing, you know, five yards short of you. Can't is this go the last it. game in the great run in Carson? This is it. New stadium's supposed to open next year. Ready to go. The uh, great run that they've had. Two beautiful seasons. At Cal State Dominguez Hills. At Cal State Dominguez Hills, yes. The Stanford of Carson.
2: <laughs> the what? The Stanford of Carson. Where my Carson. wife got her master's degree, and our esteemed boss, Scott Gerard mocked it. And I still haven't forgiven him. That's true. Which is why I hope the Aggies lose by 70. I want to dance in his grave Saturday because he mocked where my wife got her master's degree.
0: Well, they are ten and one in that uh, Cal State Dominguez soccer facility. So we'll see if they make it eleven and one. I mean, it's not a home field advantage. There won't be a lot of people there, but they are ten and one there. So, well, they're ten and one because they're good. Yeah. Well, they were they were mediocre last year, but they won at home and lost on the road. So, but this year, you're right; they're winning everywhere. Uh, except the one loss that Fresno State got him, came in and got him. Well, so. you can't expect to beat the Bulldogs every year. Bulldogs through for 300 yards. That is the Aggies' path to victory. Jim Sweeney ain't walking through that door. And Dylan Cauley, Riley Jensen, thinking that the Utes are going to hold at the line of scrimmage. And the Utes, while not running the Ducks off the field the way they did a couple weeks ago, should win this game. Because they will win the line of scrimmage. I would buy that analysis maybe not making a big play for the punt return and blowing them off the field and humiliating them by halftime, but in the end, it doesn't matter.
2: Well, they might get a fumble on a short field or something that essentially is the same thing that yeah. produced the
0: same type of result. I don't know. The Utes don't win a lot of games by 31 points. It would be stunning if they beat a ranked team twice in three weeks. That was that the mark. best game
2: they've played since they've been in the conference, and I can maybe go the best game since Whenever.
0: Best game since they went up there and put 62 on Oregon at Oregon. Except Oregon sucked that. year. We just didn't know it that early in the season.
2: No, that didn't count. This was a team playing for the playoff. You know, the Devils got the Ducks a couple years back, but it was a long pass at the end,
0: and that was great. This was was, was nothing
2: fluky. This was domination
0: start to finish. That was highly competitive, and ASU made one more play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An NFL receiver got deep. And this game was over at halftime, and everybody knew it. For sure, they yeah they got dominated,
2: man. It was just absolutely amazing. Everybody knew it. The most impressive performance I've seen them put on, certainly since they've been in the conference, and I can argue since I've been here. And I don't go back uh, before '93, and Utah didn't do a whole lot before that anyway, as I understand it. But yeah, and if they do it again, that's a top ten team without question. And it's a shame that they that won't it, that, get
0: ranked there. Well, they will get ranked there. I think they will if they dominate these, yeah, these the, guys. Yeah, uh, the AP poll would move them there. They're close enough. I don't know that the committee will though. Oh, they don't. Do they even do a final one? Yeah, they got to do one more to pick the top four. Uh, do so, they even pay attention at that point? That's an excellent point. <laughs> but then again, I guess you can say I'm that thinking about of the, the final voters. AP poll. The final AP in the poll, month. they can get to, to top ten. The final regular season AP poll. That'll be another one. And on it's Sunday. a
2: shame that there's not automatic bids because this club. This, if they win convincingly, this club like deserves their chances, a chance.
0: You'd like their chances if we had a 12-team playoff now because they're a better team. Much better. Yeah, so I, can, I can
2: argue that nobody's better.
0: September doesn't matter at this point. No. From September to now, and I'd don't i I'd have to think about it, but I could argue that they're the best team. They've made the most improvement is what I'm talking D-line, O-line, quarterback. Three position groups that have upgraded big time. Oh, I think running back. Yes, you're right about that. But I would agree with you. Yes, on the other ones for sure. Right? No, no. The Washington State game, Thomas was coming off the field, and they're standing on the sideline. They don't do that anymore. Right? Right. Get in there. Right. <laughs> Give him the ball. Yeah. Get out of the way. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us.
10: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and
0: PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. A reminder to join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell Friday from 3 to 6 at the Hot Tub Factory Outlet Holiday Sale in Draper next to Cowabunga Bay. 12101 Factory Outlet Drive. That's 121st South Factory Outlet Drive. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback, and people have questions. What they got? Tyson. Why is Riley Jensen so confident? Didn't Utah State just get rolled by Wyoming a couple of weeks ago? I think there was a little fan there talking, sure. Yeah. And he he was
2: asking for respect and I don't have any problem giving them respect, but it's hard for me to think that they're going to beat the Aztecs. It's two different things. They deserve respect. They went 9-3. and three. I went and looked. I do my preseason predictions that we publish and I had them at 5-7. and seven. I, uh, I Got uh, BYU at eight and four, and then I got the Utes right, right on. Got them
0: at nine and three. Yeah, hit it right on the head. I
2: did. Yeah, and I can usually be within a game because we follow these teams. It's like Pac twelve lines. But
0: BYU was two games. Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got so it. So over, chief. I'm positive yeah, there. Yeah, and yeah, I'm with you. It's not yeah. like I was sitting around thinking they were yeah. going to win ten games because right. I wasn't. Right. I thought eight was the right neighborhood. Right. I can usually actually. I thought of the two and, of the three. And maybe it's because we talk so much football, but I thought all of your picks were in the right neighborhood. Yeah, but Utah
2: State, cl- way overachieving. And the, and the Utah State thing, the fact is, right out of the gate I they knew Jack achieving. about Bonner.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's clearly big. Yeah. But there, and the transfers on both offense and defense made a big difference. And Tyler at running favor. back? Yeah.
2: I mean, the receivers it, uh, pretty much had an idea, and, and a lot of their defensive guys,
0: but they, the, it's basically the transfers. And that they could come in and come from behind in the fourth quarter on the road at a Pac-12 school and win? Yeah, super impressive. That that was very impressive. Uh, So uh, we had Kyle Whittingham on earlier this morning. And Salt Lake Jake asking me about BYU being the Pac-12 South champs since that's all you talked about this morning. Are you not man enough? (laughs) And Jones, I would say most BYU fans, and I'm one, don't feel this way. But it sure didn't help when you have Reese Davis putting more fuel on the fire on ESPN last night.
2: That's the thing that I think makes it relevant. Not the the
0: trash talk in between the fan bases – is just for fun because it's a rivalry. Right. That's what sports is. Right. But recruiting is part of the business. And a 5-0 and stat is real. And when ESPN, in the middle of their college football playoff yes. show, is pointing out that BYU went 5-0 and against the Pac-12, that yeah. matters. That screamed at me. But even before this, it mattered. Yogi Roth, who covers a Pac-12 for a living. And yes... He can get on the, on the Pac-12 uh, fun bus and, and be pretty upbeat about it. But even he said at the start of the year, how they handled BYU is one way to measure the league this year. And yeah. he was talking about, man, well, what happens if there's two or three losses to BYU? What does that say about the league? Depends on who loses, what kind of season they have, what the games look like. But he brought that point up with us in the preseason. And then in the end, well, they don't have two or three losses, they have five. And what does it say? It was a down year for the league in a series of down years. But if you lose twice to the Big Sky, five times to the Mountain West, and five times to BYU, it says something about the league. It do. <laughs> oh, and they're not in the playoff. Yeah. Which would cover up a lot, of the, a lot of the scars.
2: Yes, yes. It's funny, but in a sense, I put it on the Utes. Uh, the quarterback change came too late.
0: They could potentially be playing with a playoff. I don't know Potentially, this. but it's still a reach. Because they got pushed around at the line of scrimmage in the BYU game. The quarterback and absolutely so, that's would have made a loss. difference against San Diego that's State. Well, they loss. lost to Oregon State after the lines were coming together and after they changed quarterbacks. So I still think they end up 10-2. Probably. Yeah, I gotcha. But I, it's I, on the youth I, for blowing out Oregon. <laughs> Oregon out okay, of there. Yeah. See, it's on the Utes. It is on the That's Utes. Exactly what I'm but saying. it's on the Utes for taking <laughs> Oregon and just dragging them around the field for three hours. Who do you think you are? All right. DJ PK, Jake and Ben with more in a moment right here on The Zone Sports Network.